Hey, my name is Chris Brennan, and you're listening to the Astrology Podcast. Joining me today are astrologers Joe O'Neill and Kira Taborn, and we're going to be talking about uh, Saturn and Aquarius and doing a retrospective of what it was like for people who had their Saturn return in Aquarius over the past few years between 2020 and 2023. So, hey, welcome, both of you. Hey. Hey, thanks for having us, Chris. Thank you for joining me today. And um, first, at the very top of this, I want to say congratulations on surviving both of your Saturn returns. You both have Saturn in Aquarius. And I know it's been like a year, so we're a little bit getting away from it now that we're in the thick of like Saturn in Pisces, but uh, congratulations. Thank you. Feels good. Yeah. Saturn also thank you just so crossed much. my ascendant. So I'm like, feel very <laughs> graduated. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's yeah. huge. Yeah, but it was interesting um, for me being a, a older astrologer now in my late, I'm 39 years old, but seeing a whole other, you know, I'm Saturn and Scorpio. So I did mine a while back, like almost 10 years ago now. And it was interesting to see the next generation of astrologers kind of behind me at the next Saturn square after mine go through their Saturn returns over the past few years. And for some of you, like having an idea of like what that might be like um going into it but then obviously like seeing it and experiencing it is a much different thing i think everybody realizes once you actually go through it yeah definitely <laughs> yeah for sure for sure yeah so all right so in this episode we're going to be talking a little bit about um we've done three of these so far this will be the third one where lisa shime and i have previously gone through at the end of um, once Saturn leaves a sign, we'll go through and talk about some of the different Saturn return stories that occurred over the past three years. And we did that with Sagittarius. We did that with Capricorn. Now we're going to do that with Aquarius. We're going to talk a little bit about some um, celebrity Saturn return stories and how those turned out over the past three years. Uh, we're going to talk about also some listener submissions. We're listeners of the Astrology Podcast um, over the past few months have sent in their stories about what happened during their Saturn return. We got a ton of submissions of those. We're not going to be able to go through all of them, but I did want to highlight some of them and integrate them into the discussion to whatever extent we can. And then also just see what kind of conclusions we can draw, what we've learned from this entire process about what the Saturn return is about, as well as what Saturn um, transits in general about, as well as the Saturn placement. And it's always really illustrative each time we do this. And I feel like we we learn a lot. So I think this will be a fun exercise to do again here today. I'm excited. Right. I've been looking forward to this for a while. So <laughs> yeah, well, and you and I did the Saturn signs of millennials episode that actually ties in very nicely with with this one at this point, I think. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So um, let me see. First, let me introduce um, some basic principles and just a recap from some of those previous episodes on Saturn returns, what the methodology is, and what some of our basic assumptions are about Saturn returns, which um, Lisa, Lisa Scheim and I actually outlined way back in episode 24 of the Astrology Podcast titled Understanding Your Saturn Return. And this is an audio-only episode from before when I wasn't doing video, so you'll have to find it on the podcast website. Um, and then we also demonstrated some of these principles in the Saturn Return and Sagittarius Retrospective, which is episode 131, 
in episode 283, which was Saturn and Capricorn. So the first basic premise is that um, in my definition, the Saturn return begins at the first ingress of Saturn back into its natal sign that it was in when you were born. And then eventually the Saturn return ends at the final egress or the departure of Saturn out of that sign um, where you have your, your natal Saturn. So this usually sets up about a three-year period that takes place roughly between the ages of 27 and 30, I think, right? Yes, yeah. correct. Okay. So the Saturn return is the most intense around when Saturn gets close to returning to the exact degree um, that it was in in your birth chart. But um, so there are these like waves of intensity and sometimes Saturn can retrograde over that point like three different times. But um, really the Saturn return is often like experienced as a sequence of events that encompasses the entirety of Saturn transiting back through that natal sign of the zodiac that it was in when you were born. And I think that's like easy to understand abstractly, you know, ahead of time, but once you actually experience it and go through it and understand the totality of that being like a chapter in your life and a whole block of time, I think it starts to gain, um, you know, a deeper sense or much more internalized sense. Was that the way for the two of you or how did you experience it in terms of the difference between the sign ingress versus the degree ingress. I mean, I guess y'all are unique in that you're one of the only generations whose Saturn return started with like a worldwide pandemic since Saturn ingressed into Aquarius literally in March and April of 2020. So it was just like, you know, bam, Saturn return starts, worldwide pandemic. So that's kind of, I guess that's easier question for you guys to ask rather than other generations. Yeah, you go first, Joe. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, it's kind of tough, especially, um, well, first I should say my Saturn is at two Aquarius. So those peaks of intensity where those exact conjunctions happened were super early on in the process um, for me. But I will say that I did experience it as like a whole chapter in my life as far as the entire time Saturn was in Aquarius, even when it was in those last degrees. Um but yeah, it's especially uh, the first ingress of Saturn into Aquarius, it was kind of hard to gauge, you know, what I was experiencing and feeling because so much else was happening that was kind of subsuming everybody's daily lived experience. Um, and so I feel like for me, I noticed the most personal natal themes happening the second time Saturn ingressed into Aquarius, which was what, late December 2020 um, yeah. and then early 2021. So for me, that's kind of how it was because, you know, when lockdowns happened, everybody was experiencing like very Saturnian themes of isolation and solitude and um, kind of quarantining themselves and having to do a lot of looking inward and facing all that uncertainty and fear. So um, for me, I started to notice more of what the personal experience would be like in that second ingress. But I'm curious what that was like for you too, Kira. And yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Just really quick. That reminded me something about the dates, which is that, so the time period we're talking about is March of 2020 until March of 2023. That's Saturn and Aquarius. But then Saturn did retrograde out of, of Aquarius for a bit in 2020 and like the summer of 2020, 
but then it came back into Aquarius in December of 2020. So that's probably important when people are thinking about their own chronologies um, as they're listening to this episode. Yeah. Yeah. I also have Saturn really early. I have it at one degree Aquarius. Um, Joe and I are just a couple months apart. Um, so yeah, it, I feel like that all of 2020 um, was very much a Saturn return experience in different ways, um, but it definitely kicked up, kicked into gear in early 2021. Um, yeah, and I'm sure we'll talk more about our individual experiences, but so much so just to echo what Joe was saying, it definitely feels like a period in my life. Um, and I feel like very much like on the other side of it, which feels so good. <laughs> it really um, does. <laughs> it really does. And and even we'll get more into it, but even in the sense that I moved into this apartment December 19th, 2020, and I'm like ready to leave um, because it just feels like the chapter has ended, you know? Um, but yeah, we'll get more into it. Nice. Okay. So that's important about um, time frames. So other preliminary interpretive principles that we'll be applying in the charts. Um, so the return degree is the most intense part. If Saturn is very early or late in the sign, then this can sometimes extend the period a bit um, when Saturn by transit gets close to that, especially within three degrees. And this is something that was a little tricky with this Saturn because Saturn this past winter over the past few months, even though it moved into Pisces in March of 2023, by like December, it retrograded back to zero degrees of Pisces. So anybody with Saturn, especially at like 28, 29 degrees of Aquarius, was getting another hit of the exact, almost exact Saturn return of it coming within orb at least, um, even while Saturn was in Pisces. So I did want to mention that, that there can be some some carryover. And I don't know if that was relevant for the two of you in terms of the build up to it. I don't remember how far Saturn got into Capricorn before it eventually ingressed um, later on in, in 2020, but that could be relevant as well. All right. So um, that's true. And then next, um, the primary thing that we're going to focus on is that the house that Saturn is located in, in your birth chart is activated during the Saturn return, and it often will activate and put a greater deal of focus on the topics associated with that area of your life. So each of the 12 houses and whatever area of life or whatever topics are signified in that instance. Um, additionally, the two houses that Saturn rules are also activated. And this is something where we're going to see um, it not as clearly in, in this instance, because Saturn when it's in Aquarius is in one of its own signs, but we will see some overlap where whatever it is that the, the second house that is ruled by Saturn, which is Capricorn, that topic of that house will also be activated or tend to be activated in a person's life. And I know the two of you both had um, versions of that in terms of the house itself being activated as well as the house that Saturn rules, right? Yeah, very much so, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Why don't we just like talk about your stories then to begin with a little bit, if you feel like, or, or at least maybe we could just briefly say what topics were activated for the two of you and where Saturn's at. Sure. Yeah, it sounds good. Okay. 
All right. So, I mean, Joe, your main thing was like relationships and Saturn's in your seventh house is just like the short version of that, right? Yep. It was the classic Saturn return divorce. Um, but the surprising part was it was also like finding love again and now a really solid relationship, um, which was a really pleasant surprise to me because I had the like Saturn return fear leading up to it that it was just going to be all bad. Um, I have a night chart, so I wasn't super looking forward to it, but it turned out really constructive also. Um, six house themes interwoven in some ways too, but to keep it brief, I'll just leave it there for now. Okay. And do you mind if I show your chart or how, are you yeah. still open chart person? Yeah. Open chart, baby. Let's go. Okay. Mm -hmm. All the way. Um, all, all the right. way. So here, here's Joe's chart really briefly. So Leah rising, Saturn is in um, Aquarius in the seventh whole sign house, ruling both the seventh house of relationships as well as the sixth house of work and health. Um, okay. So that's, we'll come back to that. Um, and then Kira, what's your placement and house rulership? And and are you okay sharing your chart or do you prefer not to? Yeah, I'm totally fine sharing. Um, I have Saturn and Aquarius in the 12th house at one degree. Um, also ruling the 11th house. And how, what is the like short version of how those topics, either one or both of them came up for you? Yeah, I think um community was a huge topic um i literally started a membership an online membership community called the 11th house um in december of 2020 um it was a lot about but also the 12th house isolation um mental health themes were huge as well i moved across the country by myself start living by myself for the first time, working for myself for the first time. Um, and yeah, it was a lot of that 12th house isolation, loneliness stuff as well. Yeah. Isolation is both like a Saturn theme, but also like a 12th house theme majorly. And that's like a recurring one that actually came up, I think in one or two examples as well. Um, so it's interesting in terms of Saturn, the 12th house, and then also that you have it ruling the 11th house so that there's a almost a contradiction there because also at the same time community and friends and groups and alliances coming at the same time. Yeah, exactly. And especially in 2020, all of the like online um, connections that were happening that felt like a really loud aspect of the like, yeah, Saturn return ruling the 11th and yeah. Yeah, that was interesting in general of Saturday and Aquarius and how everybody, how the world can be suddenly um, more isolated than it's ever been um, due to the pandemic, but then also at the same time, people can be as connected as they were um, at that time more than they've ever been through like social media and Zoom and everything else and the sort of dual dualism of that. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's really interesting. I think that's the interesting thing about a planet and its own sign is that you get those like double significations often or those dual. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And you mentioning you starting the, your, your um, community thing in December of 2020, just reminded me that there was a weird thing that happened with the ingresses that year, which is in March of 2020, Saturn and Mars went into Aquarius at the same time. So that was like a very rough introduction to the Saturn return, especially for anybody with Saturn 
towards the beginning of the sign so that their Saturn got hit by both transiting Saturn and, and Mars at the same time. But then in December of 2020, Saturn went back into Aquarius, but Jupiter ingressed into that sign at the same time, which was a bit more positive in terms of, of how that went at that point. Yeah, it was definitely totally different um, vibe. I remember being so scared at the beginning when Saturn entered with Mars, like just so much fear. <laughs> and yeah, definitely different towards there was a lot more hope at the end of the year. Yeah, yeah it was like sure. there was a way forward somehow where it was just like so disorienting and like jarring the first time with Mars. Um, I feel like that's also just a really unique um feature of this Saturn and Aquarius transit in general. There were like the squares with Uranus as well, but those two ingresses being, you know, Saturn being accompanied by like a malefic and then the greater benefic there's just so much contrast it's such an interesting saturn return time for saturn and aquarius folks in general mm -hmm. yeah and having a great conjunction like the you know a conjunction of jupiter and saturn in aquarius that was like setting off an entire 200 year era then of of jupiter saturn conjunctions in air signs for the next like two centuries that was another like a momentous way to like start your saturn return yeah truly i mean i was trying to think about that and think like wow this is unique there's no other generation that has that which is true to some extent but then i guess it's like other generations do probably have certain versions of that maybe not quite as like obvious but like saturn in um gemini people back when like 9 11 happened for example and the way that that changed um both things in the us as well as the world or different parts of the world you know, pretty quickly, sort of overnight, virtually, or I don't know, maybe you have people like Saturn and Capricorn people from, uh, you know, 1989 type timeframes when like the um, Soviet Union sort of fell apart or when the Berlin Wall was falling or things like that. So that maybe there are sometimes like generational things that are happening that like lots of groups or generations are experiencing simultaneously. But yeah, I don't know if we've seen one quite like this in, in quite a while that was just that global. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens when Saturn and Neptune go into Aries together because, yeah. yeah, we don't have to talk about that yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've got so, I've got my eye on some Saturn and Pisces Saturn return people that we'll mention towards the end of this. Um, okay, last things in terms of interpretive principles. Um, day chart Saturn's the Saturn return tends to be a little bit easier if you were born with the day chart, whereas night charts sometimes can be a bit more challenging. Um, this can be offset though by a number of other factors. One of them that we outlined in the basic principles and we've seen happen over and over is that Saturn is mitigated when it's in its own domicile or exaltation. Um, and this is true here in this instance with Saturn and Aquarius, where Saturn's in one of its own domiciles. And we've noticed previously that the Saturn return oftentimes is somewhat more manageable for those people compared to those that um, don't have Saturn dignified in some way. Um, let's see, mutual reception by domicile or having reception with its domicile lord is like the next best thing if you don't have that, but that's not relevant here. Um, the next thing is Saturn is mitigated when it has um, aspects from benefics. This can be really helpful and it can offset 
whether the side of return is going to be experienced as a little bit more challenging or ultimately a little bit more constructive and successful. Um, I have one really great example of that I'm going to give with Miley Cyrus, which I, I made a prediction about because her Saturn is just like amazingly placed in Aquarius in the 10th house of career. Um, and I thought she was going to have a really good Saturn return for career matters. And that turned out to be true. And she just won like a Grammy following a song that she released in her Saturn return. Um, and she has Saturn. Actually, let me just pull that up because it illustrates the point that I'm making right now, which is this is Miley Cyrus's like birth chart. She has Taurus rising. Saturn is in Aquarius in the 10th house, conjunct the degree of the MC. It's a day chart. So Saturn's of the sect in favor. It's in its own sign. Um, it has this very nice and very close trine from Jupiter at eight degrees of Libra. And um, it's trining Saturn at 13 degrees of Aquarius, which is providing a lot of additional support and mitigation and, and just positive support to that Saturn placement. So um, I sort of said in 2020 on Twitter, just briefly, like um, that she would be a Saturn return success story. And she ended up, I think the biggest thing was just that she released a single about uh, the single flowers. And it was largely about like a breakup with her ex, I think. Right. And then yeah. that single ended up becoming her most um, popular one that she's ever released. And then she won awards for it subsequently. Yeah. I love that. It's like, I didn't, I never really looked at her chart before, but I love how it's, I can buy myself flowers and her chart ruler is Venus and Capricorn. Um, that's just so astrology good. <laughs> It yeah. is so good. And you, yeah, it's perfect. I had never seen her chart either. So yeah, well, and it's also, it brings up another point, which is like, um, it's actually one of my other interpretive principles, which let me read here. Um, sometimes the houses square or opposite to Saturn get activated, especially mainly if the native has planets that are getting aspected in those signs during the return. And this is true partially because the return closes one cycle of Saturn, one 28-year cycle, and opens up a new one that has its most important turning points at the squares and opposition relative to the natal Saturn placement. So um, in her case, she has that Saturn up here, and Saturn was like closing one 28- to 30-year cycle in her life, but also opening a new one. And... The important turning points of that, where it sets up a new cycle over the next 30 years, are going to be when Saturn makes its waxing square in the first house, its opposition in her fourth house, and eventually its waning square in her seventh house. But the fact that she has Saturn at 13 Aquarius squaring some planets in the seventh house naturally um, means that when Saturn goes into Aquarius, it's going to be squaring those planets and activating them at the same time during the course of the Saturn return. So as a result of that, um, as a result of that, sometimes the Saturn return starts bringing in other houses that Saturn is aspecting by a hard aspect because it's activating those other placements in the, in the chart very strongly, which I realize starts like drawing in a lot of different houses at this point, but during the course of it, I think you do see, and I think during some of our examples, we'll see how that can be very relevant. 
Definitely relevant for mine and squaring all my Scorpio placements. Yeah. That was the worst part. Right. So so your Scorpio placements are in the ninth house, Kira? Yeah. Ninth house and lots of, I mean, I stopped teaching for two years. Yeah. It was a lot of ninth house stuff as well. Okay. So Saturn here in the 12th, and then it was like activating these Scorpio planets. And those are your only fixed planets. And that was actually one that came up very strongly in the examples for some people. The two of you don't have it as closely, but there's some people with Saturn in mid to late Aquarius where um, it's squaring Pluto like much more closely. And I was seeing that come through very strongly in some of the examples that were submitted where people had a tight Saturn Pluto squares. It was really activating some major tensions between those two houses. Um, and sometimes some some real difficulties in the, in whatever the Pluto house was. Yeah, it was it was loud. I I feel like the squares are the worst part of the Saturn return. Mm. Okay, so it was just you stopped teaching during that time. Was there any other ninth house stuff, or how would um, you? De- yeah, I I was just really depressed. <laughs> it was just mm. like a lot of like ninth house, twelfth house. Saturn and at the same time the south node was also there in the ninth um but I was really curious because I like learned to start started learning astrology during my Saturn closing Saturn square when Saturn was in the ninth and the north node was in my ninth um and so it was very much this like return and just feeling very lost and like not knowing what I wanted to do in astrology and if I wanted to continue doing astrology and very yeah like lots of doubts lots of saturnian doubt doubts got it that makes sense um yeah so and joe did you see your aspects were activated as well yeah for sure um i have the sun in leo in the first and jupiter also um so i got saturn opposing the ruler of my ascendant my ascendant the ruler of my fifth and eighth um, and just generally, I feel like the Saturn return theme. So like one of the first really big ones was my separation from my ex and my divorce. But it was also like a big interrogation of my self-concept, honestly. And just I had been in that relationship for a really long time. I got married really young. So um, it was an 11 year marriage at the end of it, just just like two weeks shy of 11 years. So it was like first time being on my own and first time like um, creating my own infrastructure for my life. And it just challenged a lot of ways that I thought about myself. Um, I was also very depressed. Um, And it was an interesting time too, because also professionally things were going really well. Um, I had given like my first professional talk on the 12th house. That's become really the foundation of my practice. And so it was like an interesting kind of like bifurcation where it was like my personal life was really, really difficult. And then like my online and professional life was like going really well. But but yeah, the first house themes came through really strongly for me, for sure. Just a lot of doubt too, like you said, Kira, um, kind of questioning like, how do I know like what's real or true about me and the situation and just having to like figure it out and navigate it was a big thing. Did your living situation change as a result of the split? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, actually, a week after my 30th birthday, which would have been moving into my second Saturn ruled perfection year, seventh house year, um, that's when I moved out, and I stayed moved out. So 
Sure did. My parents also moved home from living in Colorado around this time, this whole Saturn return time. So it was like, it really did bring in all the angles. Yeah. I, I think that comes through really strongly for people with angular Saturns that especially if they have planets or points in each of those signs, which you do here, just that all of those houses can be brought in. And then, because like I said, it also is setting up stuff where it's setting a foundation for that entire cycle. And then it's like in seven years, you'll get a check-in point when Saturn is in Taurus. And then in 14 years, we'll get another check-in when Saturn goes through Leo and then eventually Scorpio. Yeah. Um. So, but it's, interesting how much with the first house that's something i something that came up for me during my saturn return because i have aquarius rising so saturn rules my ascendant but what the first house and that keyword of self which seems so abstract it's something that really comes up when the first house is activated um by transits in astrology but also to some extent in the in the saturn return in general and that 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 idea of self and who am i is much more tangible than it sounds like when you just like read it on paper. Totally. Yeah. All right. So last things, Saturn's mitigated when it has aspects from the benefics. Um, Saturn is made more challenging when it has hard aspects from other malefics, especially Mars by conjunction square opposition. Um, in this case, I, I saw some people with Pluto squaring Saturn where that also seemed to be making things a little bit more tough, a little bit more intense, transformative, sometimes more extreme um, instances of like transformation, uh, to use that as both a useful term as well as a euphemism, uh, were were happening like for, for people when that was activated. So pay attention to those hard aspects with other difficult planets. Um, and finally, pl yeah, planets that Saturn transit aspects during the transit will get activated. And that's what we've already talked about. Okay. So those are basically all of the, the basic principles, but other than that, um, in terms of themes, some of the major themes that we usually, we expect to see, um, during the Saturn return are one a transition to adulthood or the full transition into adulthood, highlighting themes of like maturity and growth. Um, is that something both of you feel like you experienced or like saw in your contemporaries? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think one of my biggest like complaints, like in my head during my Saturn return, is just like, I just want someone else to do all this for me. Like, I just want my mom to come in and do all, like, take care of this. And just the realization constantly, like, no one's going to save you. <laughs> you right. have to save yourself. Like, that was, that was a big one for me. Yeah. yeah. You're, tr you're truly, like, on your own and, like, setting stuff up and that there's not necessarily a support thing underlying you. Like, you sometimes can realize that, like, you have to create that for yourself. Otherwise, no one will necessarily step in and like put something underneath you. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Hard relate to the feeling of like wishing someone would kind of like come help you with all this or kind of save you from it. And just like that, that moment where it like, it feels like your feet finally hitting the ground for the first time. Like there's the gravity and the weight and like, you realize it's a long path, but like they're just, there really isn't anyone to save you, but you, and like that too is kind of an abstract concept that I feel like, 
you know, I knew about the maturity themes and the kind of fully transitioning into adulthood themes before my Saturn return. But like having that experience was it made it so much more tangible and substantial. Um, but I will say just like when you do something hard, like if you start lifting weights or something, like you start to see your strength grow and you're like, oh, this is what like capacity feels like. This is what a boundary like actually feels like and how it actually works. And um, it just takes like the the work to do it. And Saturn kind of spares no one in that regard, but uh, worth it though. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's a great analogy because like each because Saturn goes retrograde a bunch of times during the course of going through your natal Saturn sign over that three year period, and it's almost like those are the those retrogrades are like the reps of you know lifting the weight each time, and each time you get like a little bit better at doing the parts that are manageable because obviously there's certain parts of the Saturn return where you run into a wall where it just says like you can't proceed further like this door has to close um, and others will be opened, but at, at least for this one, that's it. But there are some themes, especially when it comes to some of the adulthood and like maturity themes that do seem like they're um, a muscle that you're strengthening over the course of that three-year period. Yeah. I always um, describe it to my clients, like, like a stress test, like when they, when they have those, like they plant new baby trees and they have them, kind of held up by those little ropes at first I always say it's like you're taking those ropes off and it's like the first couple storms and you have to like you know weather these storms in order to get stronger um yeah I like the muscle analogy a lot that's good I like that that's a really good analogy I like the tree analogy that's like um when you're learning how to ride a bike, if you have like training wheels on, but then all of a sudden somebody takes the training wheels off and you realize you've, you're just balancing yourself and you could easily like topple over and, and take a big spill. But, um, as long as you stay focused, um, and exert like everything you've learned up to that point, you can, you can actually do it. And you realize that you can actually ride that bike and keep going. Yes, definitely. Yeah. All right. So other themes, challenges and hardships. So it often involves, the Saturn return often involves facing challenges, hardships, sometimes losses, which can lead to feelings of depression or heaviness. Um, and I know that that can be a major theme because sometimes Saturn can, like I said, either close a door or it can take something away. Um, you know, sometimes what's being taken away like our first point is like metaphorical is like youth. Like you realize your youth is being taken away and that that's something that's not necessarily coming back in some sense. Um, but in other instances, um, what's being taken away or removed from one's life can be much more tangible. Yeah. I, f I feel like with it being in a 12th house and squaring my cadence, it was, it was just so intangible, so much of it. Um, and so mental and, but yeah, I see, especially with the angular folks and even the succedent Saturn folks that, um, there's a lot more, yeah, tangibility to the, to the problems and a lot of like effort that needs to be exerted to, to move through it. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny that you said like youth going away because I was, I was just kind of like looking through like 
some of the dates for mine up until this recording um, over the past couple of days. And I was realizing that during my Saturn return was the first time I started noticing like more and more like just visible signs of aging. Just I was like, my skin is like for real different than it was in my 20s, which like it doesn't bother me uh, even now. But just like those changes and just being like, ah, this is very tangibly different. Like, yeah. Um, like I have more fine lines and stuff and like my body doesn't work or recover in the same way as it used to. Yeah. It's very real. It's so real. The way your body changes <laughs> is like, what is happening? <laughs> it's I, very, very weird. Yeah. Yeah. I will say though, that like one of the key themes um, with Saturn that I see so much is like sustainability and like making sure what you're doing is sustainable, whatever that's pertaining to. And like Saturn has taught me how to prioritize sustainability in just so many areas of life, whether that is the way I'm using my body or like treating my body or whatever else it is with my work. Um, so that's like a good thing that comes from being like, oh, I'm reaching limits with my body and it's changing and different. There's like, there's like some constructive stuff there too, in my experience at least. So. Yeah. I feel like just to kind of one more thing about the aging thing, I have realized how different, like how much older I am than other people now. <laughs> and it's like, you'll be around younger. I call them the youth, you know, like, and you'll be like, oh my God, I'm old. Like I'm really old, you know, <laughs> and you're not really old, but like, it's just this, it's very weird and it's hard to describe, but you become a lot more aware of your age, especially around younger people. Um, yeah. I, I remember yeah. people like coworkers when I was still working like a retail day job, like they'd be like, how old are you? Be like, oh, I'm 31. They'd be like, oh my God, you're old. Like I had no idea. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. 31 is not that old, but also true. Like you're 22, of course. Like I felt the exact same way when I was 22. So mm -hmm. yeah, that's, I'm glad you brought that up, Kira. Yeah. So that's a really good one. Just an awareness of age and aging and, and an awareness that you didn't have like up to that point that becomes like much more stark and in some instances like like tangible um or concrete in some way uh i famously like started losing my hair during my saturn return uh which is my funny first like house aging thing as a as a parallel with with yours um i chopped our... mine off when saturn squared my son yeah <laughs> nice that's perfect. i also chopped my hair during my saturn return actually just not oh, as short as you guys <laughs> yeah we, well you did it pretty short like on some of the previous episodes mm -hmm. i know there was like one of them that you're on um that's interesting maybe that's a theme that we didn't previously know about maybe like chopping off hair is a saturn return theme that maybe requires... it's because we all have thick sons though and it's like aspect of our sons true that's very yeah. true yeah that could make sense um okay all right, so next, testing limits. This period is marked by testing and understanding one's limits, both personally and in a broader context in life. That can also be in terms of boundaries. That's basically what Joe just said. Um, Austin has used an analogy before of like, sometime, like you get to a point in life sometimes with Saturn where you realize that um, once you've expended all your energy, it's like your tank, your gas tank is empty and you don't have this like infinite source of like this well of like energy of youth but that sometimes if you push yourself too far or past a certain limit or boundary 
um, you know, you you kind of collapse. And I think Saturn return can sometimes be the first realization of that as a, as a theme. Yes, very much so. I remember, I think about it all the time. Like people used to be like, Kira, how do you do so much? And I'm like, I don't know, I just do. And now I'm like, how the hell did I do <laughs> all the things that I did yeah. pre-Saturn return? It literally... I like does I can't even imagine doing you know a quarter of all the things I used to do on a regular basis. Yeah, you very much become a lot more aware of your limitations. Yeah, yeah. I feel like before my Saturn return, I had this like infinite capacity for like, and this was a seventh house Saturn return, just like adapting to my relationship and the situations that you know, arose there. And my Saturn return was most definitely me hitting a wall and being like, I think I finally found like my hard boundary, like my hard no of like, I, this actually cannot continue. When previously there had been so many checkpoints and I was like, why do I have such a big capacity for bullshit? But I couldn't like find the whatever I needed to like really make a change. But like that, it really did feel like hitting a wall. Like when my Saturn return finally kicked in where I was like, it's something has to give. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, all right. Other themes, constructive hard work. There's an emphasis on striving towards long-term goals through consistent effort. Um, and sometimes the achievement of something or hitting a new high point, although sometimes there can also be um, one thing that kept coming up consistently in some of the Saturn return submissions from listeners was finding out that they didn't want to continue proceeding in a certain path in some direction where their Saturn was placed in life, especially if it was tied in with their 10th house in a certain career path and literally having the the ending of that uh, career, which then led them to a new one, which ended up working out and being for the best, but having a at least having a somewhat unexpected like ending to something, I think was a theme that kept coming up over and over again. Yeah. I see that a lot of clients. Yeah. Whether it's like they start a new career path and start going to school for something new, or they just are like, yeah, I got here and I realized I don't want to do this at all. <laughs> right. Yeah. Realizing that you don't want to do something. I think that's a really great keyword or a great phrase. Mm hmm. Yeah, I see it with clients a lot too, where it's like this sense of like the, like, it's like you can feel the clock ticking in a different way. And you start to realize that, like, if you stay on the path you're on right now, you're going to be there for a while. And so, like, realizations start to set in where, like, you, you discover now is the time to make changes, like major changes, if you want the future to be different, your future to look a different way. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And and Saturn also like it's one of its basic principle underlying its significations is to reject or to say no to things and sometimes saying no to something sometimes that can be hard or difficult but sometimes it can also be necessary and I think saying no to certain things which is then adjacent to the notion of of setting boundaries is very much part of that experience. Yeah, definitely. All right, last point of themes, life turning points. The Saturn return is generally remembered as a major turning point marked by significant achievements or profound changes. So um, achievements are sometimes things, um, reaching a new milestone, 
in some area of one's life, I think is a really common Saturn return theme and something we'll see in a number of different stories. Mm -hmm, for sure. Can I add right. one more theme um, that we kind of touched on? But um, that is just really loud for me, which is uh, the reparenting process. She kind of mm -hmm. touched on it with like the maturing, but there's something with having to not just like become your own parent and kind of parent yourself in the ways that either one, you never got or two, you're just not going to get anymore because you're an adult. Um, and then also I find to be a very consistent theme is having to parent your parents. Um, and there's just something that just comes up often with both clients and myself where you, there's this situation that comes up where you have to like parent your parents through it. And um, yeah, just the whole parenting being your own yeah advocate and like caring for yourself and setting boundaries for yourself um and learning how to do that but i mean my my mother she also has saturn in aquarius um she lost her mother during our saturn returns and um yeah things like that and i remember there was something that happened with my younger sister with our dog dying and i remember having to tell my mom like you're the parent, like you need to, <laughs> you need to go and do X, Y, and Z. And just it being this realization, like, oh, I'm, I'm literally feeling like I'm parenting my parents right now. Um, yeah, that's, that's just another theme I wanted to, to bring up. Yeah. I'm, I'm so glad you brought this up. Cause I feel like that's so true in my experience too. And like a phrase that came to me while you were uh, reflecting on all that was like becoming the central authority figure in your own life when like previously maybe that role was occupied by someone else um but there there's so many different ways that this can happen whether it's like reparenting or um, reparenting ourselves or kind of playing the parent role with our parents or just having to do stuff ourselves that's like difficult we've never had to do on our own before but there's like something there with um the concept of like parenting and that like kind of elder or authority figure so yeah I'm really glad you brought that up yeah that's a great one and also just you hitting that stage in life in your late 20s and early 30s where you realize you're for a lot of people you're like at the age roughly when your parents, you know, we're raising you and then realizing like, oh my God, like how are they raising me at this age? Like, I don't feel like I could be doing that. Or in some instances, some people are raising children, but just it gives you a lot of perspective, like hitting that age um, where you came into your parents' life in some instances, and then wrestling with a, having a sudden realization of, you know, oh, when they were raising me like they didn't have all the answers they didn't necessarily know what was going on they were just as sort of like struggling to establish uh some of these themes that i'm struggling with now as i am now and that gives you a much different perspective on um your parents i think than you have growing up to some extent yeah for sure all right um are there any other themes like that that are good like core saturn return themes that i'm forgetting or either that are like standard ones and or or that i that, that came up for either of you back problems back yeah <laughs> back problems i don't know there's just that's that's another consistent one i've seen especially with the saturn and domicile folks um 
I'm having it now with Saturn on my ascendant, but it definitely, yeah, just like the, I think it just comes with aging, you know, the body stuff we talked about. Um, but in particular back and teeth problems, luckily my teeth have, I have Saturn privilege in that way, but, um, a lot of people go through teeth and dental problems as well. I feel like that makes sense with Saturn ruling the bones. It's just like your bones just have a hard time, man. Like whether it's like your back or your teeth or whatever. Yeah. You start creaking. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Back and or bones and teeth are hu two huge Saturn themes. And because it also brings up another point, which is just if you haven't taken care of yourself up to that point, then it starts to show and you start to like pay for it. You start to have consequences um, so that at that point, sometimes it forces you to start taking better care of yourself than you had up to that point because all of a sudden you realize that you're not invincible anymore. Yes. Yeah. And sobriety. Sobriety is yes. another one. Yeah. Which is really interesting. And that came up in several different stories that were submitted because, you know, Saturn normally metaphorically is like considered to be a sober type of type of planet in like in the sense of like not being carefree or something that or being restrained or something but sobriety also in a more tangible sense of, of that we usually talk about it in terms of um you know not using drugs or alcohol or other things like that is also a really common Saturn return theme yeah i my my one of my exes when he was i was with him and he was going through his Saturn return and alcoholic and um Saturn conjunct Neptune and he had like gotten his second DUI when we were together so he had a forced sobriety moment and I remember and yeah this was like a whole thing but I just remember being like yep and of course not I hadn't gone through it yet but just trying to coach him through a Saturn return and he didn't want to hear it but I was like this is part of it it's time to get sober <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Sobriety was a part of mine too. Although when I quit drinking, that was February, 2020. So it was just before my Saturn return, but I don't know if you felt this way, Kira. I feel like, and I think part of it, it was like perfection years were involved because Saturn was activated back to back, but I definitely felt like the buildup when Saturn was in Capricorn. Yeah. That was Saturn opposite my moon, but I feel like lots of my clients as well were like, did we get double Saturn returns because of the Saturn and its domicile thing? Um, but but yeah, kind of living sober for those that first year or two was a huge part of the way I was experiencing all of these other themes, um, like just the consequences of what had been going on the past decade, really. So, yeah. Which is so amazing because on the one hand, Saturn is about is supposed to be about like hard reality and like facing reality as opposed to, let's say, like Neptune, which is more like dealing with illusory things broadly, metaphorically. Um, but also Saturn is also about um, exercising restraint and also um, doing things that are hard and doing things that re require repetition and just um you know going in day after day and doing it over and over again which is another major part of sobriety is like doing something that's hard that maybe one part of you doesn't want to do but another part of you realizes that you need to and therefore you have to work on it constantly yeah definitely that like one day at a time mentality is very saturnian in general i think yeah for sure 
All right, awesome. Well, I think that's all good broad themes. Let's talk about some other charts. Let's talk about some celebrity charts, some listener charts. Um, let's start with some of the celebrity ones. I already uh, talked about Miley Cyrus. Um, I did want to show my tweet just to do a victory lap on that because mm -hmm. I was pretty I was pretty happy with it. So September 2020, I said calling it now. Miley Cyrus as a Saturn return in Aquarius success story. And I said that because she had Saturn in the 10th house, so well-placed. And it wasn't that she didn't go through difficulties since obviously she also struggled with the after effects of like losing that major relationship, um, but that she was able to channel some of that loss and difficulty into um, that song and then ended up winning her first Grammy as a result of it shortly after Saturn return, I think it's just a good example of somebody doing the Saturn return relatively well and achieving success during it rather than it always being necessarily this really difficult or like hard time. Because I think it's something when talking about Saturn returns, even though it's important to acknowledge the, um, the, the difficult and challenging and even really tough parts, um, also, it's important not to like freak people out too much because there can be some really good things that happen during the Saturn return as well. Yeah, I feel like even through all the maybe this is, you know, day chart privilege, but I felt like it was really, really hard, um, especially the squares. The exact return was fine, but I'm so grateful for it. Like, I feel like I'm probably like in a lot of material ways worse off than I was at the beginning, but in mentally, spiritually, emotionally feel so much better and stronger. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. Another celebrity one I found recently. Um, I just found this one recently, but it's princess Mako of Japan who has Saturn in the seventh house um, in a night chart. Uh, with Leah rising and she actually like gave up her royal status in order to marry a commoner where marry a non-royal person basically and what was interesting about it is that they had announced that they were going to do this back when Saturn was in Scorpio um, at the waning square of her her Saturn sort of cycle or 30-year Saturn cycle but then they just finally did it um, recently while Saturn was in Aquarius going through her seventh house of relationships. So I thought that was a really fascinating case, especially because, you know, obviously that doesn't happen to everybody, but it's a, it's a pretty cool manifestation of that. Yeah, that is really yeah. cool. <laughs> I can't believe they've been with each other that long. So that the whole seven years, they were just like getting ready. I mean, yeah, I guess there was just lots of like details surrounding it because she also ended up relinquishing like payments or something that she would have gotten like money, but she ended up rejecting it. So it's like, it's interesting because it's also a night chart and she, it's like there's difficulties in that she's having to give something up in order to do this or, or have this thing that she wants. But it's also, there's like, it's also something that she wants, even though she's making a hard decision. So it's an interesting combination of of challenging and positive things yeah especially with that exalted moon right on the midheaven like square saturn opposite mars like there are so many interesting things about this chart like the like sacrificing um your status for a relationship is like the most 
Saturn overcoming the exalted moon in a square thing that I've ever heard. Totally. Yeah. And then looking at her benefics, like in Virgo, it's like, yeah, she has these like fallen planets on top of all these very domiciled exalted planets. And it's, I mean, night chart, the Venus wins out, you know, she did it for love. It's romantic, <laughs> honestly. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, I'm obsessed with this chart. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was really happy to have found that. Um, other ones really quickly to run through. Um, Elvis, I recently discovered, had Saturn and Aquarius in the third house of siblings in a night chart. Weirdly, um, he had a twin who was born 35 minutes before him, but it um, died. It was actually a still stillborn um, mm. child. So just in terms of his natal chart, that's interesting. Saturn the third in the night chart, and he lost a sibling like at birth. Um, but also recently, you know, those biopics of Elvis came out, um, especially the main one that happened like a year or two ago during his Saturn return. Um, and I thought that was really interesting. And I'll probably come back to that and expand on it more in an episode I'm working on on like posthumous astrology, which is that our charts continue to to work and and operate even after we um, die as long as the memory of us is still like echoing in time that's gonna be cool that's that'll be a cool episode yeah um all right i have other another one uh saturn and aquarius return i saw that was really cool and it's less connected to the house placement but it was um conan o'brien um who's like the famous talk show host that i kind of grew up watching and his story initially was sad because like over what a decade ago or 15 years ago now he like got the tonight show which was like the biggest talk show at the time on like television but then um somehow it was like taken away from him after only like a year of him doing it and it was this big seen as this big downfall or this big um catastrophe that he lost his dream job that he had aspired to get for like 20 or 30 years up to that point um, but what was interesting is during his center return over the past three years, <clears throat> over the past decade, he started a podcast and it started like building up and building up and becoming more and more successful. But then eventually when he got to his center return, um, the podcast just seems like it's been wildly successful and it was bought by like Sirius FM or something like that for millions and millions of dollars so that he got both a really good deal and was successful in terms of that financially but also I realized in watching a recent episode where he was reflecting on like the last 30 years of his life that he ended up, despite like the hardships, ended up pushing him in a direction so that he's just at the right place in the right time, doing the right thing right now. And he's having a good time and his life is fulfilling. And even though he lost what he thought was his dream job, it ended up um, allowing him to do something that was eventually much more suited for him and is just puts him in a much better position nowadays than doing like a, a talk show every night would have in retrospect. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. He, he got a whole podcast network, I think, um, was started during that. And then, yeah, I didn't know he got bought. the podcast got bought. That's awesome. Yeah, so it's it's actually doing really good. And he's like interviewing a lot of like famous celebrities right now, but he's doing like really long form, engaging, interesting interviews that he's able to like do his usual humor and stuff, but it's actually much more interesting and engaging and much more relevant for the times when podcasts have become so huge over the past decade. 
um, versus talk shows in some ways have fallen a little bit more by the wayside in terms of that format that was much more popular and suited for like the 90s or like the, the early 2000s or something. Yeah. All right. So there's that one. Um, what other... I've got a couple more, but what other, what celebrity ones like jump to mind for either of you that have been major ones or ones that you, you wanted to share? Do you have any Joe that you, I mean, I have, I represent a couple, um, I guess like, oh, there's so many, uh, Johnny Depp, I kind of look at Johnny Depp and Brad Pitt together because um, there was so much about like, yeah, their relationships and both kind of fell out of public. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like out of favor in the public. Mm -hmm. They were they used to be humongous stars, like, you know, <clears throat> hottest, uh, you know, celebrities and especially, I mean, both of them. Um, but yeah, now they are kind of infamous for these really messy uh, relationships and abuse allegations. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, I was like briefly looking at Johnny Depp's chart for this reason. And I feel like if I'm doing the math right, there was like a 12th house perfection year thrown in there with this like very public Saturn return stuff going on. And I was just like, that's... Uh, rough for him but but yeah that that is so interesting like the huge kind of like fall from favor in the public eye right well and for Depp especially because he has Leo rising Saturn was in his seventh mm -hmm. house and the entire thing was that there was this very highly publicized um, trial between him and his form and his his ex-wife where there was all these like allegations being thrown back and forth and it became this like circus or like spectacle. Um, so that's actually a really interesting example of like a Saturn return in the seventh house that's on the more, much more extreme, like negative side. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, there was like, I think multiple um, like docu-series about it. It's just, yeah, a huge public spectacle. And maybe it's relevant in that sense that um, Saturn, his Saturn's at like 23 Aquarius and it's squaring his Mercury and Venus and Taurus in the 10th house. So maybe that's part of why it was also not just very public, but also why it had an effect then on his like public perceptions of him or on his career or other things like that, because it's activating the natal sort of tension between those two houses due to the, the placements involved. All right. That's a pretty, that's a pretty good one. Um, Let's see, uh, other, what other celebrity ones? One that was sent in by listener Vandana Gayan pointed out that Michelle Yeoh um, was the first Asian American actress to win the Academy Award for Best Actress for her role in Everything, Everywhere, All at Once in 2022. And she has Saturn and Aquarius. We don't have a birth time, but that was a really interesting one because it was viewed also <clears throat> that like, she hadn't received an award like that earlier in her career, but now that she was like later, um, you know, in her late fifties that receiving like an Academy Award at that time, there were, was this like age component to it that, that people were talking about at the time when that happened. So it was kind of striking that 
and a good reminder that sometimes during Saturn returns and Saturn transits that sometimes there can be like an age discussion that comes up um, connected to whatever's happening at that time. That was a really good one. Yeah, well, it was really um, heartening and it was cool movie that she was just like perfect for that role. And it's like that one, that time when just that one role comes along that the actor really nails. And then they also are sort of not just perceived, but recognized for that. And they receive the accolades as a result of like um, doing a great job. I think that's another great Saturn return theme. For sure. And she has a Leo son, right? So this is also like a really nice, like Saturn return opposite, like opposing Leo placements that actually turned out really well, like worked out really well for her. So I like that part of it too. Yeah. This is apparently the chart with like Saturn at seven Aquarius and it's opposing the sun at 13 Leo and Mercury at 21 and Uranus at 29 Leo. Something we didn't um, really mention in the beginning is the when Saturn's retrograde natally, um, there can often be those like delayed. It doesn't surprise me. It took to her like second Saturn return to really, you know, receive her flowers because um, we often get those delayed gratification with retrograde planets. That's a really great point. Yeah. yeah. And then you're like doubling it up like Saturn, which is already dealing with like time time-related things and age and then retrogrades, which often delay the manifestation of what the planet indicates. Yeah, exactly. Good point. Um, let's see. The only other one, Vendena also submitted Tom Cruise saying that Top Gun Maverick was released in 2022 and premiered at the Cannes Film Festival where he earned an honorary Palme d'Or and the film earned over $1 billion, which is his, the highest grossing film of his career, um, which is also kind of interesting because it was like a throwback to like over 30 years earlier to the first Top Gun movie, which was in like the late 80s or early 90s. Yeah, I did not know it one. did that well, honestly. I haven't seen it, but that's great for Tom Cruise. Very sad <laughs> return of him. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't have any interest in seeing it. I didn't think there was like any way that a movie 30 years later could be any good, but it, I got like talked into seeing it. It was actually pretty good. I, I'll have to say it was decent. Yeah, so, I've only heard good things. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so, all right, moving on to other celebrities. Um, one that you noted, I think, Kira, was Jeanette McCurdy. Yeah. Yeah, she's... Um... An actress. I think she was she on Nickelodeon. I think she was on iCarly. Yeah. Yeah, iCarly. Um, and she wrote this hugely best-selling book. I'm glad my mom died. Um, and it was published during her Saturn return. Um, she has a moon. <laughs> excuse me, a moon Saturn Pluto T square natally. We don't have a time. Um, but yeah, she she wrote that book, and um, it was a huge hit. Even um, just that title is like very Saturn return. Like it's very straight to the point. It's very blunt. It's about death. It's about a parent. Like it's, it's a lot. Yeah. It looks like we might've gotten a time. Um, I'm calculating the chart now, cool. but what was the. Yeah. So essentially um, 
in the book, she explains all the horrible abuse she endured with her mom, like a lot of different types of abuse. Um, and yeah, kind of explains the why. Um, I, I didn't read the book, but I just remember a lot of discussion around it. I um just checking, but yeah, there's Astro Data Bank is saying birth certificate in hand. So I think this is correct. And if it is, she has Leo rising. Um, Saturn's at 17 degrees of Aquarius. And just this is one of the first examples then of what I was talking about earlier. Look how close that Saturn Pluto square is, where Saturn's at 17 Aquarius and it's closely squaring Pluto at 20 degrees of Scorpio, which is in her fourth house. And you're just saying part of the the premise of that book was she was like talking very openly about the abuse she received from her mother basically growing up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And just looking, I've seen an exalted moon countless times um, where people have very controlling mothers. I like to say like super mom, which isn't always the best, you know, mm -hmm. sometimes it's like, especially in a tenth, like about appearances and, um, yeah, especially with the malefic out of sect and detriment right there. Um, right. Involved the in audio, all that. For the audio listeners, the moon's at 14 Taurus and it's conjunct Mars at 8 Taurus and they're both in the 10th house. Yeah, yeah, and ruling the sun, Venus, and Mercury in the 12th from the 10th, like that has extremely like... Um, what comes to mind is like dance mom, but, or like theater mom, like acting mom stuff. Like, and I, from what I understand from her story, I haven't read the book either, but there was a lot of like kind of being forced to act and like ending up being the breadwinner for the family and like lots of being pushed by her mother and things like that. That's, that's a really interesting exalted moon kind of manifestation square Saturn. Yeah. Very malefic moon. Yeah. Yep. Malefic exalted. Oof. That's tough. That's a tough combo. It's interesting with the interchange between the 12th and the 10th as well, because the 12th is generally about loss, um, but it's connected here with the 10th house of career. And that's a super literal manifestation though. She's like her title of her book is literally, I'm glad my mom died. Um, that's also, I think speaks to that a little bit as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm just reading a thing, a synopsis, but it, it said in the book that the abuse included emotional manipulation, controlling behavior, and forcing an acting career upon her, um, as well as child stardom and the psychological toll of that, which is, that's an interesting Saturn theme of, you know, because, you know, kids that act sometimes being forced to like grow up or be adult like way before they're ready to. Yeah, that's a big one. Yeah. All right. So um, that's a good one. Let's see. Other ones. What was the Michelle Obama one? She has Saturn in Aquarius. Yeah, she just, I don't know. It's kind of boring. She just had a lot going on during her Saturn <laughs> return. Um, she she like was involved in documentaries and um she, different podcasts and she wrote another book and yeah she got a lot of awards throughout the time um but yeah kind of boring I don't know <laughs> yeah we don't have a birth time for her so we don't necessarily know what house it is yeah um and then you had um Jeff Bezos here 
mm-hmm. who also has Saturn in Aquarius. Yeah, he he had a divorce. I don't remember if it was, I think it was during Saturn return, but yeah. more notably, he just, well, his wealth just, you know, he, he gained so much wealth <laughs> during his Saturn return. Um, and he's, of course, an Aquarius, or sorry, a Capricorn sun. I remember a lot of this started kicking off when Pluto came to his sun. Um, and yeah, there he's just gained massive, massive amounts of wealth um, during that time. Um, I'm just pulling up the chart and it looks like he also has a Venus-Saturn conjunction. So that's an interesting this is just a like a noon chart it's not timed so we don't know the houses but saturn's at 21 aquarius and venus at 24 so that's an interesting point in terms of just sometimes whatever planet saturn is with will also get activated as well and it's activating those aspects in combination so sometimes whatever the general meaning of a combination is can be what that's about and he oh yeah that right cuz his story was like he and his wife separated and he got together with somebody new, but then his wife did something because she then had billions of dollars from stock I think from he Amazon. Cheated. Yeah, I okay. think he cheated and that was, and there was, um, she had proof, which is why, you know, she had such a crazy, huge divorce settlement. Um, and yeah, now she's like known for her philanthropy, philanthropy, philanthropy. <laughs> Yeah. I always want to say philanthropy, philanthropy. That's what um, I was going to say. Cause she then yeah. donated just like a ton of money to charities and stuff. She gave away like a lot of what she um, took from the divorce. Mm-hmm, exactly. Love that. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty interesting. Pretty cool. Um, all right. So I think that might be good. You mentioned John Stewart. So he's Saturn in Aquarius. Yes. Um, he returned to hosting because he had stopped after a long time. He uh, started the show, The Problem with Jon Stewart in 2022. It was canceled after two seasons um, a year later in October of 2023 because Apple executives didn't like how he was covering AI and China. Um, and now he's returning to be a guest host on The Daily Show, which is kind of cool. Yeah, that's super interesting that he had that setback because it looked like that was going to be his new thing was that apple show Mm -hmm. um but then it got canceled because of um yeah what things he was saying about china and about ai and now as a result of that it like closed that door but now as a result of that he's suddenly coming back to where he started and hosting the daily show during an election year um when he potentially has uh, the potential to like influence the discourse surrounding the election and around Biden and Trump and everything else. So it's interesting how that probably something that he really did not experience well during his Saturn return, having those sort of restrictions of what he could say imposed on him and therefore deciding to leave that, um, then ending up inadvertently opening up a new door, which could end up putting him in, in a much more influential place than he would have been otherwise. Yeah, absolutely. All right, cool. All right. Well, I think that's all the major celebrity charts that you know, we're we talking about Pete Pete Davidson. 
<laughs> I mean, if you want to, that is definitely his love life is definitely one of the most important news events of the last three years. It's not um, important. It's just that he, yeah, that whole time during when he was dating Kim Kardashian and he was very, very, he became super popular because everyone's like, why is he getting all the hottest girls, you know, right. all the hottest celebrities? Um, there's reasons. And then, yeah, he, that just during that and he went, he went to rehab for a few times during that as well. Um, so yeah, that was just a random little one that I thought was funny to include. Yeah, it was super funny. I just pulled up his chart. We don't have a time chart, um, but it looks like he has Saturn at like 23 Aquarius and it's like he has a huge Scorpio stellium. So it's squaring all of that, um, which includes Jupiter, Mercury, Venus, Sun, and Pluto. Um, but yeah, he really was popping off like during that period in terms of hitting a high point in his career, but also his not notoriety, um, partially as a result of like all these relationships he was having with all of these famous um, women. And uh, yeah, that was pretty crazy at that time. Yeah. Yeah, it was, I think, I just thought it was funny. People were referring to him as like, especially men were referring to him as ugly and they were like, why is this ugly guy getting, you know, all the girls and all the women were like, because uh, he's funny and he has like blind cook energy. <laughs> Which now that, uh, you know, the bear is out, most people probably get what that means. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, that was uh, impressive. He gave, he inspired and he gave hope to um, not like, you know, super attractive looking men everywhere because um, he was dating like Ariana Grande. He was dating like, Kim Kardashian wasn't there like one other there's like one other person he was with at one point as well it was kind of yeah um, I can't remember but yeah, yeah just all the hobbies yeah all right good times well that that's I'm gonna put that as a Saturn return success story then um in my book can I just can I do one more real real quick because I just sure. loved this one um Bob Odenkirk he just had a second Saturn return I just wanted to note it because the better better call saw has like such a huge fandom and um they did the series finale uh during the yeah during his saturn return and he also got a hollywood star so i felt like that was a really good um like success saturn saturn return success story yeah that's a great one also yeah, because awesome. it was it was such a random thing that happened in terms of how he ended up getting there because it was just the character he played was originally, you know, 10 years ago was just like a side character, the lawyer in Breaking Bad. But then the fact that they were able, it was so popular that they were able to spin it off into this whole separate series, which itself became very popular, um, was pretty impressive and pretty surprising. And that some of that culminated during his Saturn return. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I just thought that was so cool because coming from Breaking Bad, I, I don't even know if he was supposed to be on for that long. I think he was just supposed to be like a side character and he was just so great. And yeah, now he's a Hollywood star. Yeah, for sure. That's a good one. All right, cool. Well, let's take a little bit of a break and then let's come back and look at some listener submissions. Cool. If you appreciate the work I'm doing here on the podcast and you'd like to find a way to support it, then consider becoming a patron through my page on patreon.com. In exchange, you'll get access to some great subscriber benefits, including early access to new episodes, the ability to attend the live recording of the forecast each month, 
our monthly Auspicious Elections podcast, which is only available to patrons, a whole exclusive podcast series called the Casual Astrology Podcast, or you can even get your name listed in the credits. You can find out more information at patreon.com slash astrologypodcast. All right, so we're back from break. Um, before we move on from the celebrity section, I just wanted to mention a couple of reflections from past ones. It's been interesting after we do these Saturn return retrospectives, how continuing to see how people's stories play out in retrospect with some of the different celebrities we've talked about in different episodes. So one of them that was interesting from the last Saturn return um, episode we did in Capricorn was MGK, the rapper who um, we talked about at the time, his Saturn return story was really interesting because he got in like a rap battle with his like idol with Eminem, who was another famous rapper. And um, the two of them released like diss tracks against each other. And um, it was very divisive. But what's interesting is that after that happened over the past two years, he seems to have like made a career switch and he's sort of not focusing on rap as much, but instead he's focusing on doing this sort of like um, pop punk sort of thing he's been doing for the past few years, which he's been actually having uh, success at and maybe has become more successful in that area. But it was interesting because it ended up then being his set of return ended up being um almost like closing one door in his life and opening another. Um, but it was through this like singular event of like getting into like a battle with his, his, one of his idols. Am I describing that right? Is that like the way? Honestly, like... I wouldn't know. I I don't either. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I've never I have personally been in a rap, rap battle. battle. So. <laughs> yeah. I, I just, I just remember hearing about how, yeah, he was in a rap battle with Eminem and he, it didn't go well for him because <laughs> like yeah. why would you do that <laughs> i don't know <laughs> yeah i mean i think the the conclusion was that eminem won although the mgk had put up the best fight out of anybody that ever attempted to that um in the past in terms of eminem so that it was still halfway res like respectable but it's interesting then to whatever extent and who knows you know that to whatever extent that was the singular event that had him pushed him to go in a different direction but it's interesting that's an example of sometimes being people going in a different direction after their Saturn return um, is a theme that we'll see come up in some of these stories we're about to go through um, and there was actually another one from the previous Saturn return which is Rhonda Rousey who we talked about during the Saturn return in Sagittarius who is a famous MMA fighter and she was sort of at like the top of that game at the time and it was really talked up a lot but during her Saturn return she famously lost this major fight against another fighter um, and interestingly after that she's made this transition it seems like away from MMA fighting and instead focusing on um, professional wrestling so it's like another instance where somebody kind of like had one door closed during their Saturn return but it sent them on a different path and another path that ended up working out for them in, in some way or being the path that they were supposed to be on, let's say, in some broader sense. Yeah, I'm hoping that's happening for me as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah same. Um, and then there are some future ones. Actually, let's, let's save these for the end, but I want to make sure that we mention these. So remind me to come back to the future ones, the Saturn cool. and Pisces people. Gotcha. All right, let's talk about some listener submissions. I'm going to zoom through some of these. Um, 
we have about an hour to do this. So um, one of the charts was that was sent in um, was by a listener and an artist named Mega McGrath, um, who has Saturn in the ninth house with the midheaven, the degree of the midheaven. So it's blending ninth and tenth house significations. And Saturn is also ruling the eighth house of um, debt, other people's money, shared resources, and things like that. And some of the themes for her that came up were a career in art, issues related to debt, and also relocating abroad. So, okay. Here's the summary. I'll read just the summary version because it's very good that she sent in. Um, where she says that <clears throat> I was working in a nightclub, a job I disliked, while trying to pursue a career in art that I had been working on for many years. My habits and finances were out of integrity, and my two identities were at odds with each other. As Saturn ingressed and my Saturn return started, I immediately lost my job as well as all of my art clients overnight. Unable to afford interest payments, I was finally forced to reckon with the amount of debt, eighth house significance, that I had been carrying for years and come clean to my mom. Thankfully, she loaned me the money to pay off my debt under the promise that I create, a better, create better financial habits. I then had no choice but to re rely on my art for income and rebuild from the ground up. In 2021, I met a mentor, ninth house signification, who greatly inspired me and helped me create a clear path forward in my career as an artist. During those years, I worked very hard. I had a lot of success and some failures, of course, but my income rose higher than pre-COVID levels. By the end of my Saturn return, I had repaid my loan in full. I also took a big step towards my dreams of living abroad, and I got my UK visa. I had to create real structure and integrity in order for the move to happen. I'm proud to say that I live abroad now with a career I've always dreamed of. So this was, I thought, an amazing um, Saturn return success story. And also just in terms of from a technical standpoint, how that shows up in her birth chart is just perfect. Um, so, you know, we can see the blending here of um, the eighth house, which Saturn rules, and some of the issues surrounding money and debt, as well as you know loans from other people, um, and getting one's financial stuff under control. We can see some of the um, ninth house things, which involve um, foreign countries, foreign travel, eventually relocation, but also um, mentorship or having a teacher who like teaches and guides you is also a very ninth house theme. And then finally, the fact that the degree of the midheaven is there in the ninth whole sign house is an importing major 10th house themes into it, um, which manifested through her really changing and, and focusing on this career as an artist and eventually achieving success um, within the context of that career. Yeah, there are so many good things and interesting things about this chart and the way it's all working together. I'm I'm looking at too the moon here at 28 Cancer. Um, the part of fortune happens to be there too, but that would have meant that, especially as Saturn crossed 
back and forth between Aquarius and Capricorn. This was also a second house moon transit as well, where it's like a strong moon opposing a strong Saturn. Um, and those financial themes being really carried forward into the overall Saturn return story, which did involve like really confronting the debt, but then like creating a structure to pay all that off and like be able to kind of start fresh after that. I think that's a really interesting combination there with the moon. That's an amazing, that's a great point. Um, Cause that, and that would have been especially the case during the course of 2020 when Saturn first dipped into Aquarius um, and hit her Saturn, but then retrograded out that summer and went back into Capricorn where it would have opposed the moon. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I'm thinking too <clears throat> a little bit about perfection years, which the only way I can do this math is because this person's born the same year as me. But it looks like there, there would have been, so in 2021, that would have been moving into a seventh house perfection year with Jupiter activated. And then following that in 2022, that would have been the start of the back-to-back -back Saturn ruled years. And I think that it's really cool that within those two years with the the second of the two being right now there's this movement from saturn into pisces out of the saturn return phase where even more of these long-held goals and dreams are being made manifest career-wise it's bringing in that whole sign 10th house and continuing those saturn ruled midheaven in the ninth themes as well so that's that's pretty neat too that's a super great point. So, so can, taking into account what what sign or what house Saturn goes into, like right after the Saturn return, as being relevant and being like the first step, you know, in in that new cycle of where things head from there. Yeah, I think it's really interesting that um, they lost their job right around the Saturn ingress when Saturn was trying their their Mars. Um, mm -hmm. Mars and Mars at two degrees Libra, which rules the sixth house, um, which is kind of what I would assume that like sort of day job that they had, um, would go in. And I often think about trines as like free freeing their of the nature of Jupiter and they have this like lubricant effect. Um, and so it's interesting how Saturn kind of came in with like a, a, a no, a denial, but that it had this liberating freeing effect of getting them out of this job that they would probably have not, you know, left otherwise, um, and kind of had to help. Yeah. Didn't have anything else to hold on to. Um, I just, yeah, I think that's the, the malefic trine can show up in an interesting way. For sure. <clears throat> and also just thinking about what we mentioned earlier, where the first ingress of Saturn also was a first ingress of Mars, and they conjoined at like zero and one degree of Aquarius right on the Saturn. And that was the really hardest event that opened the Saturn return and also the beginning of the pandemic. But then later that year in like December, Jupiter going in there at the same time, and then experiencing an entire year of Jupiter transiting through the ninth and ninth house with the midheaven at the same time. So there's something about that that's very important in terms of the dynamic about how this set of Saturn returns went for everybody. Um, obviously, that's going to be different for different Saturn returns, but it's interesting how you could sort of predict and set up the beats of like how things are going to go just based on those ingresses if you wanted to ahead of time. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. So that is an amazing one. Um, and she's actually a really good artist. Like that was the other thing is her Instagram account um, is here. If anyone wants to search for her name. Um, and there's some of her paintings. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, that's amazing. So, this is such a good example. Right? Yeah. Like, that's what I thought. So that's why I want to start with this one. And thanks to her for sending this into us as a great, like, Saturn return success story. It's um at Mega McGrath um, with two H's, if anyone wants to search. Yeah, thanks for saying that, mentioning that. Yeah. All right. Awesome. And should I should look at the, where the transits are now. And it's hitting her chart for today, sharing that story. I'm sure I know everything's in Aquarius right now. So, of course, <laughs> um, that's relevant for everybody. Um, Lunar return, too. Well, yeah. probably tomorrow. Oh, yeah. The moon is in Cancer today. So, for the record, we started recording this today on Monday, February 19th, 2024. Um, we started, we've been recording for an hour and 40 minutes and it's 2.55 PM now. And we used an election with cancer rising today. So there's the data for people that are curious. All right, let's move on. It's funny that chart. I, I was, um, I was also born in 91 and there's like three girls in my grade who were born nine, nine, four, um, <laughs> that same day. And I just, it's just so interesting how, yeah, the same day, my friend is a cancer rising and um, just how different things can be, you know? Um, yeah, it's it's just always interesting to to see like very same, same but different charts and how much like a, a rising sign can change things. Totally. Yeah. That's one of the coolest and like funnest parts of this for me sometimes is seeing both what's how your friends are going through a similar tra transit or, or sometimes seeing either celebrities or other people with different variations of the same chart and how they manifest it in similar, but also very different ways. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to the next one. So the next chart is a listener named Morgan who I, I told people they could send in a one minute video with their write up, and I was surprised that only like two people did. Um, but Morgan was actually one of them. So let me see if I can play that video here within Zoom. Morgan had um, Saturn in Aquarius in the eighth house in a night chart and also ruling the seventh. So that's part of the context for this. Um, example and some of the themes that came up were dealing with um, death as well as grief um, and a number of number of other things. So let me share that. My Saturn return in the eighth taught me how to integrate and alchemize grief. Um, it started with the publishing of my first book, um, which is a fictionalized memoir on the loss of my best friend to suicide in 2016. Um, also during my Saturn return, my grandfather passed away suddenly. I wrote his eulogy, handled his ashes. Um, I got pregnant and then lost a friend of mine in childbirth due to um, undiagnosed preeclampsia. 
uh, when I was 15 weeks along and her death helped me advocate for a more positive birth story for myself. Um, I also euthanized a couple pets um, and wrote a second book. So Saturn taught me a lot about grief, um, but also uh, the things that can come of grief and the glimmers sometimes we can find in really dark places. All right, so here's the chart with Saturn at 15 degrees of Aquarius. It's retrograde. It's squaring Pluto at 20 degrees of Scorpio. So this is one of the first first examples where I noticed that thing I was talking about earlier of just when there's a very close connection between those two planets, sometimes the, the topics of that house really are coming into play. And we saw the fifth house coming into play for sure for her. So there was a bigger part to that though. So let me actually read... Okay. She says, my first novel, All the Yellow Posies, was published on April 21st, 2021, when Saturn was at 12 Aquarius. It's based on my personal experience with the loss of my best friend to suicide in 2016, and much of its content is inspired by journals I filled up in a grief writing group. This particular friend, his name was Stephen, was a previous co-worker of mine, I worked for his family's salon from ages 19 to 23, uh, which is interesting because that's also when that's the Saturn square side note. Um, in January of 2021, when Saturn first entered Aquarius, I went back to work for them a second time as a front desk coordinator. So I was immersed in the past, our old stomping grounds, when my book was actually published. Not to mention, I totally based the characters on his old family. They read it first. Um, Stephen's death hurt me tremendously, and I spent a lot of my 20s pretty scarred by it, but the combination of the book being published and my return to the salon helped me to face my grief in a way that I could mm -hmm. finally integrate it. I was also able to immortalize him in a way because he was the writer himself and always wanted to write a novel. So for what it's worth, just to add, the first time I went to work for his family was October of 2011, and the notes were in Gemini Sagittarius both times I worked there. Um, okay, she says, on May 29th, 2021, about a month after the book was published, my grandfather died suddenly. I ended up I ended up writing and reading his eulogy and handled the care of his ashes. It was too hard for my mom and grandma, so I saw it as an opportunity to channel my eighth house Saturn and what he had taught me of grief so far. Um, so that's pretty amazing. Then she says, in March of 2022, I got pregnant. I had been married for 10 years, and we'd agreed on no children, mostly because of my intense fear of childbirth. So this was a last-minute change, and it was due to a series of dreams I had about having a son. My husband had a low sperm count, so we were told before we attempted we would likely need in vitro fertilization to accomplish a pregnancy. So with that in mind, I figured I couldn't. it couldn't hurt to start trying early. I got pregnant on the first cycle. It was a boy. When I was 15 weeks along, a close friend of ours died in childbirth from undiagnosed preeclampsia. She died on June 25th, 2022. As horrific as her death was, it was an interesting manifestation of my eighth house, Saturn return, my natal Saturn, Pluto square in the fifth, and the nodes being in Scorpio Taurus at the time. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. That's really important. Um, it was one of the times that the astrology was just too literal. Her death helped me advocate for an electional C-section 
and tubal litigation. My doctor told me I was the only patient ever to write a paper on why I should be allowed to have one. My son was born in a spectacularly positive birth on December 7th, 2022, when Saturn was at 20 Aquarius. He was also born during my Mars return in the 12th. Um, these were my main points of my Saturn return. Smaller things include euthanizing a few pets, writing my second book, and diving more heavily into esotericism. My Saturn return taught me a lot about resilience, the cycles of life and death, and what glimmers we can find in between. Yeah. Wow. So I thought that was a pretty amazing one um, for a Saturn return in the in the eighth house, um, having that you know, square with Pluto in the fifth house of children and many of these themes, you know, becoming very, very relevant. Um, she also has Mercury retrograde at seven Leo opposite Saturn and sort of squaring Pluto and the sun and Chiron at 16 and 13 Leo. So tying in some, some other themes there as well at the same time. Uh, yeah. And that, and that 12th house, Mars trine Saturn as well um I think is really interesting with like ruling the fifth house and there being all these like fears and she ended up having the um yeah the elective c-section um yeah I don't know there's a lot there but um at 2022 yeah I feel like was wasn't that the Mars retrograde in in um Gemini yeah because yeah, I had was. I had like three friends give birth in December of 2022 with that Mars retrograde and um yeah I don't know that's interesting yeah it it's stationed on her natal Mars um but sure. this the trying to the to the Saturn and how that played in with the pregnancy is really interesting yeah and then Mars is the ruler of the fifth house of children mm -hmm. um in her chart and it was interesting she mentioned the eclipses which I forgot that for a good chunk of Saturn and Aquarius, we were dealing with eclipses bouncing back and forth between Scorpio and Taurus, um, squaring the Saturn, natal Saturn placement, as well as transiting Saturn. So that's for sure for some people drawing in that other axis at, at, at the same time for her, both children as well as friends and, and the loss of tragic loss of her friend. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, Mercury ruling. Um... The third too, I can't even think of, if we're thinking of the third as friends as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, something that I am just now thinking about too, is the nodes moving through um, Taurus and Scorpio during Saturn and Aquarius would have also, um, it would have put Saturn in this position of being at the bends of the nodes, which is often this like really kind of like wobbly feeling where it's like kind of caught between two things or you find yourself like very much reconsidering a sort of axis in the chart. And I think it's so interesting that um, the the real crux of that was Saturn in the eighth. Um, it's bringing in the fifth house. Um, and Kira, I love what you said about pulling in Mars in the 12th ruler of the fifth. Like it's so clear to see how these themes like we're, we're going kind of farther away from that initial Saturn placement and the houses it rules, but like, it's so clear how these different themes tie in and come to the foreground uh, so clearly. It's just fascinating. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's a good um, reminder 
that while we're isolating one transit or we're trying to with like the Saturn return, obviously there's other transits happening in a person's chart at the same time. And there's there's usually a lot of other stuff going on that has to be taken into account as well at the same time. But it's interesting how much you can see just from that one transit of like Saturn during the Saturn return and what it's activating in the chart. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. Um, all right. So moving on to another example, this is the chart of a listener named Zlatina who has a fifth house Saturn in Aquarius and some of the themes that she wrote in about were casual relationship, a casual relationship that got serious, financial issues, attitudes towards motherhood and conception issues or issues with conceiving. Um, so the concise description she wrote was, my Saturn return in the fifth house was mostly about a relationship going from very casual to very serious and life-changing over the course of the transit. I had some financial issues that coincided with the Saturn Uranus squares between my fifth and eighth house, as well as career changes and realizations. My maternal grandmother died, and the way I relate to my mother and motherhood in general has changed. In that regard, I also experienced some health issues which threatened my ability to conceive. I got a master's degree in business psychology. I started taking astrology very seriously and reading about it a lot, and which transformed the way I see myself and the people around me. So yeah, I thought that was pretty good, especially for um, one of the themes is of the fifth house can be relationships, especially like casual relationships, like, um, you know, whatever it is prior to like getting married or like having a serious long-term partnership usually goes in like the fifth house. Um, but it's interesting in this instance, having Saturn there and having like what you, what you think is a more casual short-term relationship that won't turn into anything suddenly turning into like a major long-term relationship is really interesting manifestation of Saturn in the fifth house. Yeah. <clears throat> did, did, did they say that they said that they changed careers as well? Did they say that was related to the relationship or to the, did I mishear that? Um, no, I don't think so. Okay. But okay. And then the, their grandmother died as well. Right. I mean, I did a summary of it, but it's not, um, I don't think the, the career stuff was related to that. I mean, dis, the summary was like dis, dissatisfaction with her job combined with inflation pressures spurred her to seek better opportunities. Mm. Despite a promotion and a raise linked to Saturn transits, she realized her heart wasn't in her chosen career path. Got it, got it. Which is like a common theme we see come up over and over again of just like realizing your heart really isn't there and you have to like let something go. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, this one has a really tight Saturn-Pluto square too, which is mm -hmm. interesting. Um, and the troubles conceiving. I yeah, the... I just finished the fertility astrology course and um, with Nicola Alsop-Smut and I'm like, I want to 
dissect her chart now and ask a million <laughs> questions. But did she say that she end, did she end up conceiving and and having a kid or no? Um, let me see. I for some reason I thought I did, but I didn't put the full write up here in my notes. So let me find it really quickly. I'm just curious because yeah, I mean, looking at that chart, I'm I would put money on Saturn being the mutant of pregnancy and being really, you know, the planet responsible for pregnancy. And with that square to Pluto being activated. Um, yeah, I'm curious Yeah, what ended up the, being the issue. And yeah. One of the issues when I was trying to go through is I was having a hard time summarizing all of the um, stories yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> the, yeah, there was a lot. So I'll just share it on the screen really quickly from the notes that I just pasted in. Um, I mean, the full write-up was actually amazing how she talks about the buildup of like her casual relationship with a close friend becoming more serious. Um, because all of these that's going to be one of the problems in any attempt to convey any of these is it was this entire like thing that happened over a three-year period and hearing the details of it when you hear somebody explain their Saturn return is much deeper and richer in meaning and how the meaning of the chart comes alive in very subtle but evocative ways um so it's kind of hard to convey all of that Okay, so here's the the fifth house part. I have Saturn in the fifth house ruling over Capricorn moon. And to me, having a child was always something to be decided after 30. I was always silently judgmental of people. I know having children without having proper job or vocation. That's really that's actually really interesting. So in and of itself, she just has a very serious like attitude towards children, mm -hmm. like growing up already with Saturn in the fifth, counting on other people to help raise them and using a child as an excuse to justify all kinds of behaviors. This all changed and a lot of things occurred that contributed. I got an illness that could have threatened my ability to naturally conceive. I also realized my partner would make a wonderful father and that such an experience would even elevate us and make us better human beings. Um, this is all intertwined with me discovering my mother's real birth time in the wake of my grandmother, her own mother's death. We found out that her rising is 20 Aquarius as her birth time was actually very well documented. I realized yeah, it doesn't that the... look like oh sorry, I was just gonna say I'm scanning it. It doesn't look like she notes it. What part? Oh she I'm just looking for like I had a kid or not. <laughs> okay. That's what I'm curious about. But I mean, yeah, it's um I've seen other Libra rising fifth house Saturn return babies. Uh during this time too, during the Saturn return. So yeah, I was just curious if that ended up working out or not for her. Yeah, I think it might be something that's still ongoing, but at least yeah. her attitudes towards children and childbirth changed as well as starting a major long-term relationship where she feels like it sounds like she's ready to, to do that. So that's a pretty good Saturn return realization. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. All right. Thank you for sending that one in. And also, yeah, the fourth house themes seem to be really loud for her too. Just like losing her 
grandmother and then also um the changing relationships with her parents that was really loud yeah mm -hmm. yeah all right so the next chart was sent in by a listener named hannah and in the short version hannah writes I have Saturn at 28 degrees in the second house of my natal chart and a night chart. My Saturn return dried up all of my resources and finances, and the degree position of Saturn throughout the three-year period tracks with the level of my bank and savings account balance throughout this time astonishingly accurately. Key, key moments of my financial journey over the last three years happened as Saturn ingressed into Aquarius. And when Saturn was within three to four degrees of exactitude of my natal placement, it was only as Saturn returned to zero degrees of Pisces this year that I noticed this significant pattern as the themes returned into my life after several months of financial ease for the first time since the end of 2020. I've always been someone who had a lot of money in savings since I began working at 17. So this was a very unusual period of time for me. So I like that it's it's good because one of the other things it brings it it brings up is that sometimes it's only until like after your Saturn return is over when you can step back from it and view that three year period in its totality that you can see what the full purpose of it was and what the main overarching themes were. But sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes when you're in the thick of it, you may not be able to see it fully yet until all the different pieces come together. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> I think, um, I mean, the financial themes are really evident with Saturn and the night chart and the second house. But I think what's also interesting is that tight sextile to the sun, which rules the eighth house. So it was like, mm. it, there's just, I don't know, the sun feels so bound <laughs> to Saturn. It's also in Saturn's term um, there. But yeah, it was like, both the second and eighth, like being tied up in that Saturn return and not really getting freedom from it until Saturn left Aquarius um, just makes a lot of sense. Even though it's that sextile, it was, I, I kind of look at Saturn, especially in domicile, but maybe just in general um, as being really, it cares a lot about timing and it will slow things down um, to a halt if it needs to, if it's, if it's, you know, keeping you in the right timing. Um, and it sounds like there was something there with this person around, like there was just a need to experience that contraction for that period of time. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. Um, and the full write-up is sort of interesting in terms of the sequence of events and what happened over a three-year period where there was this um, intensification of some of the financial stuff um, that came and went and how that ended up playing out in terms of starting her own business or starting different side projects and things like that. But it was interesting also from a technical standpoint, just that she mentioned part of how she even realized suddenly in retrospect that this was a theme was that um, that things had had um, eased up over the past year since Saturn got to like seven degrees of Pisces. Um, but then it was when Saturn started retrograding back to zero degrees of Pisces and some of the issues started coming up again 
that that she realized that that had been a major part of the theme of her Saturn return. And it's because she has Saturn at 28 degrees of Aquarius. So this winter, when Saturn got back to zero Pisces, it was reactivating that placement, basically. So that creates kind of an exception to my like clean three-year rule in terms of Saturn returns starting at the first ingress and ending at the last ingress, because sometimes you get these cases where the Saturn's like very early or very late, and there can be overlap, especially if Saturn gets within, especially like three degrees at the beginning or end of a sign. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. So that's good. I would go into that more, but I want to see if we can get through a few others. Give me a sec. I'm just trying to um, figure out where to go next. What houses have we covered or which houses have we not covered? We haven't done um, for much first house. Yeah. Um, first house. Let me find one. I found... I got one. It's anonymous. Asked me not to share the name or the birth data, but it was Saturn in the first house on the ascendant and there was health and body stuff. So let me read the summary of that and everyone can just like imagine a Saturn in the first house. So the summary said, big themes of health and body and parenting becoming the adult came up for me. I had a miscarriage, tried to have children, started in vitro fertilization, explored my feelings around birth, bought a house slash our first property, started seeing a therapist, increased my responsibilities at work, created an exercise routine, reflected on my relationship to my mom and how I was nurtured, found ways to self-soothe instead of relying on an external parent slash other. Um, on the last week and the last Saturday of Saturn being in Aquarius, I was present and next to a close family member as they passed away. Up to this point, I'd never experienced death face-to-face, -face, never been present for someone dying. They were my last and only member of my family in the UK apart from my partner. It was a very poignant experience to say the least. Spring of 2023, I started studying to become a counselor. Overall, since Saturn left Aquarius, I feel overall like I've been in more of a dialogue with my body and mental health. I exercise more, I eat healthier, and see a therapist regularly. Um, which I wanted to add, I think that's coming into play also because the 12th house being ruled by Saturn. Yeah, um, so she says, I trust myself more. I feel like I know myself better. And I'm also not afraid to be the adult slash authority of my own life. I feel more comfortable standing up for myself while before I would often put my feelings aside for other people's wants and wishes. I also know my limits and I listen slash value my feelings more. Um, so that one's anonymous. But that, I thought it was a great one because it just summarizes so much stuff that we were talking about earlier, like in a single singular example. Yeah. I mean, as someone who just finished the 12th house Saturn return and, and Saturn literally just crossed my ascendant about a week ago, it's stationed retrograde there last year. So this past year, I've been very much in Saturn in the first land and that a lot of what anonymous said tracks uh for me just thinking about the 12th house first house connection i honestly feel like for, for all the aries risings out there i hope you're okay but 12th house saturn return is was so much of like the surrendering falling apart just kind of 
being like, yeah, I don't know what's happening, you know? And, but coming into the first, there's so much more like realization and just being able to um, actually take Saturn's lessons and use them. Um, and yeah, I don't know, just what they were saying about how much they've been putting effort into their first house and their body and their mental health. I'm like very much there right now too. So yeah, those are, that was really good. Yeah. It really hit on how many topics there are connected to the first house. Cause you know, when we say like the first house of like self and selfhood, like that connects to so many things in life. And I feel like we see those streams um, moving out from this concept of selfhood into these other areas of life. And I wanted to say too, we, we saw this in the, uh, one of those first examples was Saturn return in the eighth house. Um, what you brought up Kira about like parenting and parenting yourself and like these parent child roles coming into focus. And even in this one here, that's a first house Saturn return. There's this reflection um, on their relationship to their mom and how they were nurtured, finding ways to self-soothe. Um, I just wanted to kind of like bring that into because that's like so consistent here. So with all these examples, that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, the, oh my gosh, sorry. My light is doing that. I don't know why that started happening. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, also the things having to do with um, their miscarriage and that that connection to the mm. body as well. Um, yeah, there's, there was a lot there. And what you said about like the first house connects to so much of the chart, literally every like <laughs> it's just minus four other yeah minus four other houses and yeah exactly yeah. yeah there was also a theme here of of death and loss and i feel like sometimes that has to do with saturn um it goes back ultimately to saturn having to do with time and letting go sometimes and, and giving up of something um but sometimes the feeling of um finality that comes with Saturn is the underlying archetype that um, something has reached the end of its cycle, the end of its life cycle, and that you have to let it go. And that that's the theme that people experience in different ways in different parts of their chart based on where their Saturn is. But sometimes there's no greater manifestation of that in a tangible sense than having to let go of, of somebody who passes away at that time. So I think um, that comes up as a, as a theme in different ways with the Saturn return in general. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, all right. So that's a really good one. Um, there was one other anonymous day, there's a day chart Saturn return in the first house. They said, and I just took one sentence from it where it said, in retrospect, my first Saturn return was very constructive time, which clearly emphasized for me to grow out of paralyzing dependence on external factors by striving for internal courage and discipline to become self-established and accountable in my life, both personally and professionally. Which I thought was a good summing up of things. Yeah. yeah, I love this so much because it's bringing in this thing I think about so much with Aquarius rising charts, which is just what does it mean to have the ruler of the first and the 12th be the same planet and have those two places so tightly bound together. And I love that even just in this one sentence, um, you know, like 
looking inward and finding courage and discipline there is like the most Saturn as ruler of the 12th and first house thing I've ever heard. Um, but it's, it, I, I feel like really shows how constructive that can be. And like, it's an interesting way to think about, you know, what if these Saturnian virtues, um, could be resources for you, um, even in the 12th house way of like, they're inside you, they're not outside of you. Um, and I just, think that's really interesting. Uh, I'm kind of obsessed with Aquarius rising charts for this 12th house configuration situation, but yeah, this is a good one. Yeah, for sure. All right. Um, moving on, this was a listener submitted one where they submitted their husbands. Um, I'm going to just read the description. It's Saturn in the fourth house in the night chart and also ruling the third um, and they said shortly after the transit began in January 2021, his grandmother passed away, his father's mother, and his last remaining grandparent alive. Later in the spring slash summer, he quit his job in the tech industry and temporarily worked for his brother's plumbing business to make ends meet, which is amazing since Saturn's ruling the third house of siblings. In November of 2021, his parents sold and moved out of their family home of 30 years so Saturn is in the fourth house, which is the place of parents as well as home and living situation. And then she continues saying, which led him to come and live permanently with me. Um, March of 2022, he got his first barista job as he was interested in pursuing his own coffee business, an idea that had been put on hold due to the pandemic. April of 2022, his brother permanently immigrated to Australia from the UK after years of waiting for lockdowns to end and waiting for a visa. After working a few barista jobs and realizing the money wasn't very good, um, my partner eventually came back to working in the tech industry in February 2023 in order to make better money that would fund his passion in coffee and eventually the coffee roast roasting business. On a final note, during the tr during the transit, he finished paying his parents back for money that was borrowed to purchase a car in reality, his parents had saved the money for him and gifted back some time, gifted it back to him sometime in 2022, which he then used to purchase his first coffee roaster during the Venus retrograde in Leo that summer. Um, so I thought that was an amazing example, and I guess it was submitted. So I'll just show the chart really quickly. Okay, here is the chart. And I thought it was an amazing example just because it's Saturn in the fourth house. So obviously the themes of like home living situation as well as parents were coming up majorly. But also um, since it's really in the third house, like siblings were made, were playing a significant part um, of the Saturn return, both in terms of the native's personal story, but also just in terms of things that were happening in the life of the sibling as well that did not necessarily directly impact the native. And I think that's a really important point that sometimes when we're talking about the Saturn placement in different houses and ruling different houses, that it can bring up things happening in the lives of people around you. And sometimes that does impact you directly, but sometimes it's like the event is happening to someone else, not necessarily directly to you. That's so true. That happened in my Saturn return as well. Um, with the sixth house themes that came in, like my partner was pretty sick. My uh, husband at the time was pretty sick. And I fortunately stayed pretty well during that time, but his 
illness really impacted just like my life in general and the relationship in general. So I think that's like an important dimension to keep in mind as you're kind of projecting about your own Saturn return or kind of looking at others. For sure. And actually there was one other, if we want to focus on that, there was one other example just like that. Unless, is there anything else to say about this chart? No? Okay. All right. Um, there was one other listener named Lauren who submitted um, Saturn in the seventh house in a night chart example. And um, let me share. So Leo rising, Saturn and Aquarius in the seventh house in a night chart, squaring a bunch of Scorpio stuff in the fourth house. And the short description summary was... Um, I got married in 2020 after a four year four years in a relationship. My husband is a Virgo ascendant, so my seventh house Saturn return was hitting his sixth house. Um, in 2021, I was in a fourth house perfection year with Saturn squaring my sun and Mercury in Scorpio. My husband and I have a small farm, and in July of 2021, while working the farm, my husband suffered a head injury, which caused some major behavioral changes. Saturn definitely stress test our new marriage. My Saturn return story became about learning how to manage the circumstances we found ourselves in, how to set boundaries and take care of myself in relationships, what is within my power and what I am powerless to change. Um, this was definitely one of the most challenging times in my life. Ultimately, we came out stronger and did a lot of growing up. So that's just a short summary, but I thought that was an amazing um, thing in terms of one, continuing the theme that we talked about earlier, that it's like something, sometimes it's something that happens in the life of somebody around you that matches that house or matches the house that Saturn rules. It's kind of interesting in this case that... <clears throat> She has the ruler of the sixth house of injury in the seventh house of relationships. And so the activation of that was her partner getting injured and then, you know, adjusting to and learning how to deal with that and, and accommodate that. Um, but there was also other themes of how to set boundaries in relationships, um, how to take care of herself. And also I thought a really important one that was highlighted was identifying what was within my power and what I am powerless to change. That's a huge Saturn theme and a huge um, Saturn return theme that I think is really important is trying to, because you don't always know going into it, you know, you, you're sometimes put with an option of, do I work really hard to keep this thing, this thing that I have already? And do I want to keep it? Or is this something that I'm going to be forced to let go? which obviously in the most extreme instances, when we're talking about things like death or something, it's not negotiable. And that's like the most extreme case of a scenario that you, you don't have a choice but to, to let something go. But in other instances, there can be things where you just need to like push through and stick with it or where it becomes a surmountable difficulty of like, what doesn't kill you, make you makes you stronger type scenario. But sometimes figuring out the difference between those two can be tricky um, during the course of the Saturn return. Yeah, that was, that was definitely a huge one for me. Like not is Saturn asking is Saturn crystallizing or is Saturn denying? Um, that is always difficult and it's, it's difficult even in, yeah, client charts, you know, when you're kind of like 
forecasting someone's Saturn return, you know, especially in the seventh, it's like, well, this could be, you know, you know, meeting your person and really crystallizing, you know, this relationship, or it could be, you know, a three-year dry spell, which could also happen. Um, so yeah, that that definitely resonated with me. Yeah, absolutely same. And like the same thing in my personal experience of my Saturn return, like I, I've sometimes said like that one of the best choices I ever made just in my life overall was to like fight for my marriage at the time. Cause it's a huge reason I got sober. Um, it's a huge reason I like really committed to therapy, but then like the next best decision I ever made was deciding to like not fight for it anymore. And like realizing like this, this situation, like I actually am powerless to change this situation or improve it any further. So like the only other option is like finding the exit and kind of um, moving away from that situation. But that is, it's one of those things that's way easier said than done. Um, even with those transits, I remember before my Saturn return even started thinking like, oh, will like Saturn and Mars moving into Aquarius together on the first ingress be like, it's really hard, but then the second time it's with Jupiter, like, Will things get better, et cetera? Um, and in this specific example, I think it's really interesting that there's this square from Mars and Scorpio to this person's Saturn placement in the seventh. But then there's also this trine from Jupiter and Venus, both in Libra. Um, so this is a really interesting, like mixed bag situation with this chart where there's like the really challenging stuff, um, the commitment of Saturn. Um, coming through and then also the discernment of Saturn of like, what's within my control? When do I need to just surrender? When does there need to be a boundary? Like it's a really beautiful demonstration of these these kind of different supports and challenges from these other placements too. Yeah, I have yes. a good friend with like essentially the exact same chart born a week before. So everything's essentially the same. And yeah, watching them go through that set lots of relationship issues um, as well, but the bonification from the benefics really helped. Like, yeah, put some it lubes it up a little bit. It's less it's less harsh, um, and you can really see the bright side of it, which I think, yeah, that helps a lot. I think I feel like maybe that's a difference with people who experience their Saturn return, like in retrospect, is like yeah, that was really good and constructive and I'm glad that happened versus not might be those benefic aspects where, <laughs> you know, because there's some people that are like, oh no, I don't want to go back to that ever again, you know? Um, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's also a good example, speaking to that of just when you have both an affliction, when you have really hard aspects as well as really good aspects, you get both and sometimes they can offset each other, but other times you just get both happening in parallel. Um, that was kind of what we saw, for example, in a really spectacular case with like Will Smith, where he was having like the most positive transit and one of the most negative transits the night of the Oscars when he like slapped Chris Rock and just caused huge negative backlash. But then at the same time, he also like won finally like an, an Academy Award, which he'd been striving for for many years. And so sometimes when you see both the most extreme, but also of positive and negative, you end up getting both sometimes in parallel. Yeah, I feel like 
that was a big one for me. I have like Saturn, Venus, whole sign, trine and Saturn, Mars, whole sign square. And, um, there was definitely a little bit of both during the Saturn return. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, all right. What, uh, what houses haven't we done yet? Give me a house. Uh, we've done most. We did, we did 10th. We did, we do ninth. Yeah. We did ninth, which was kind of a 10th house, like a mid heaven one. Mm -hmm. Um, eighth, seven, six ish. We've done most of them. Yeah. Okay. Well, in that case, let me just summarize some of the like titles that I wrote down for different ones based on the placement. Um, since I know we've only got about 20 minutes left here. Um, okay. A listener named Alina wrote in with Saturn in the seventh in a, in a day chart. And the, one of the themes was surmountable difficulties in relationships was my, my summary. Um, a listener named Kawina wrote in with Saturn in the sixth and ruling the fifth and work and children themes came up. Um, I'll read that one really quickly. It says, um, when my Saturn at zero degrees of Aquarius, with my Saturn at zero degrees of Aquarius, I know my Saturn return started right around the spring of 2020, and I kept getting hit again a couple more times when the planet retrograded. Within that time frame, I saw my life completely change in every way, not just on the macro because of COVID and shelter in place, but also the micro. I stopped working. I was pregnant by May and gave birth to my son in January of 2021 as well as completely shifted trajectories and settled on being a stay-at-home mom for the foreseeable future, rekindling and honestly completely up-leveling my capacity to, to tackle life more playfully. I thought that was a great combination of sixth and fifth house themes. Mm -hmm. um, a listener named Ashley wrote in with Saturn in the sixth in the night chart, and um, main themes that I summarized were COVID and, layoff, and being laid off. Yeah. My sister's Actually, in her sixth house Saturn return now. And I'm just like hoping she gets a new job and Saturn rules her fourth and fifth. Um, I just want her to get a, a new job, move to LA and get a cat. I'm hoping that happens by the <laughs> end of hers. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's that a is... super reasonable checklist for a Saturn yeah. return like that. Yeah. yeah. We can all aspire to that. Um, this one actually, maybe I should show it briefly and read it. So this is Ashley's chart, Saturn and Aquarius in the sixth, also really in the fifth. Um, Ashley says, my Saturn return was by far the most pivotal catalytic time in my life. I got engaged November 4th, 2020. I got married, um, February, 2021. I got COVID. December of 2020, before the vaccine, which was a very scary time, I got a job in a new career field away from the music and media industries as a copywriter at Twitter in February of 2022, before ultimately getting laid off in January of 2023, part of mass layoffs after Elon Musk pur purchased the company. Since my Saturn return officially ended in early March, I've continued to feel the effects of great change in my life, including my husband getting into a wreck and totaling my car. And this is tricky because it's like Saturn's now gone into her seventh house, which is Pisces since she has mm -hmm. Virgo rising. Um, I've continued to feel the getting into a wreck and totaling the car I had for 12 years 
um, losing my great grandfather and ultimately losing my mother due to a sudden heart attack. Um, growing up in Memphis and going to college at Stanford shaped me into a person I who always had a very well thought out plan and map of becoming my most successful self. However, these events in the past few years shook my whole foundation of being able to control all that happens in my life. It also made me become more free in my creativity as a writer, mainly because it is a way to manage my grief during this time, which mm -hmm. I thought was a very interesting tying in of like the fifth house as being connected with creativity. Yeah. Wow. It's Saturn um, would have just hit their sun right before those Twitter or right around the time of those Twitter layoffs. Cause my son's right there too. And I <laughs> at 25 square feet, I remember that. Um, yeah. Just like trying to get to March 7th <laughs> and, and yeah, Saturn had one more thing to do um, before leaving Aquarius for them. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that all tracks a lot. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, There was, okay, it's just scanning through the others. There was one other submitted by listener named Taylor that had Saturn in the night, in the ninth house by night. And the summary I wrote was just challenges to faith as well as publishing. And both of those, like one's faith or religion or beliefs is very ninth house thing that can come up with Saturn in the ninth house. Um, but they also ninth also relates to like publishing and and often when person has major ninth house tra transits, publishing a book can go go along with that. Yeah, I got a book deal like a week into my ninth house year that just started. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, but the the faith part of the ninth house, I mean, with my twelfth house Saturn return was squaring my ninth house ruler. Um, and that was a big one for me, just being like having trying to find hope, faith, you know, something to grasp onto. Um, yeah, definitely get that. Yeah, for sure. Um, another listener, I have this one summarized named Quinn, wrote in with Saturn in the fifth house and ruling the fourth house, and some of the key takeaway points were. Um, I started EMDR therapy to deal with childhood trauma. This was great and very helpful. I became a manager at my job, taking on responsibilities. I got burnt out and quit my job. Um, and these were the ones that were most important. I broke up with my boyfriend because I knew it wasn't going to work out long term. I wrote a novel, very positive and helpful fifth house Saturn thing. A family member helped me buy a house, big responsibility, but also a huge blessing. And finally, at the tail end of Saturn and Aquarius, my talent agent dropped me, which ultimately led me to deciding to quit being an actor um, a few months later. This was probably the biggest change as I've wanted to be an actor my whole life and have been pursuing it professionally for eight years. So all in all, not a super fun time. All that fixed energy means I really don't like change, but I did grow and learn a lot. I definitely felt like a real adult by the end of it. So I thought that was amazing with some of those little details about like a f the connection between the fourth house and a family member helping them to buy their home, but then also the talent agent dropping them um, with the fifth house to whatever extent it has to do with like creativities or actors or acting 
um, but also the fifth house again having to do somewhat with relationships and ending a relationship that they didn't feel like was going anywhere. Yeah, and that would have been when Saturn, or at least Saturn was squaring the ruler of their seventh house as well. Um, yeah, and just to know, I, I often, anytime someone has a Saturn, fifth house Saturn return, I'm like, okay, so you're going to conceive something. It might not be a baby, but there's some sort of something that you're going to be giving birth to um, by the end of this. And yeah, the novel makes so much sense with that. For yeah, sure. That's perfect. Um, another listener, uh, Katie with Saturn in the fourth house. Um, the summary is a very thematic fourth house Saturn return story after a life after a lifetime of unstable housing and isolation from community. I spent my entire Saturn return in one apartment from start to finish. Through the internet, I found tools to dismantle my identity and find my authentic self, destroying the comfortable life. I had finally attained to build something new and unfamiliar, which I thought was a great, great summary. That's awesome. Um, the best yeah. feeling. Um, one listener named Marcelina had Saturn in the sixth and lost several pets that were like very close to them that they had had for a long time. Uh, don't under don't overlook the sixth house signification with pets. It can be very important. Mm -hmm. Um. A listener, a listener named Jen sent in with Saturn in the ninth house by day with the midheaven, um, having an extended overseas trip and a new position at work, um, but it wasn't expanded on, but it was just interesting because it was tying in the ninth house as well as the degree of the midheaven. Um, and and as, as a side point, it's like with these examples and with like, uh, Mega's example towards the beginning, seeing the overlap between the ninth whole sign house and the midheaven, like it's it's here in the transits and dealing with Saturn returns, especially that you can see how that works when whole sign house astrologers talk about paying attention to where the degree of the midheaven or the IC falls and how that will double up the significations in that entire sign with the whole sign house and the quadrant house essentially. Um, this is where that really comes alive and you start to see what that means in a real tangible sense because you get an actual sequence of events where overlapping topics are actually coming up simultaneously. And so I, that's one of the things I love about Saturn Returns is that it's really illustrative for that purpose. Absolutely. Yeah, I have so many Gemini rising friends born in 1991 for some reason, um, and they all have that Medheaven in the ninth. And, yeah, in the ninth. And so there's Saturn Returns everyone you know shifted careers <laughs> it was like you know one after another a lot went, wanted to go back to school or start taking classes and courses to learn new things um but that yeah that ninth house midheaven connection is always really loud yeah yeah for sure um here's one i wanted to share really quickly again we keep going back to similar houses but um it's a good example of a really positive, constructive Saturn return story um, where Saturn's really well-placed in the chart. So this is, um, despite it being a night chart, because I wanted to also offset people's fears about like night chart versus day chart. Um, so this is the chart of a listener named Jess. Um, she has Saturn in the fifth house um, in Aquarius, along with the sun and Mercury. 
and Jupiter is conjunct the degree of the ascendant in Libra, and it's very closely trining Saturn from 14 Libra to 19 Aquarius. Um, there's also some interesting other placements in the chart, like an exalted moon in Taurus in the eighth and an exalted Venus in Pisces in the sixth, which is actually in a mutual reception or exchanging signs with Jupiter in Libra in the first. So the summary is, during my Saturn return, I founded a community environmental charity that secured half a million dollars in government funding just before my Saturn return ended. On the exact day of my final pass of the Saturn return, I was formally employed as the chief executive officer of the charity that I had worked tirelessly to launch and secure funding for over the previous two years. And this is like an environmental charity, which I thought was amazing because it's one of the things Valens actually mentioned way back in the second century is he mentions like good doing and like doing good deeds and like charity related events. And like right here is like a very tangible example of that. Wow. Yeah. Just like the mid heaven being ruled by the exalted moon, the sex light. I mean, the whole nocturnal team is like, you know, doing oh, yeah. its thing. Um, yeah. And yeah, I love that that Saturn-Jupiter trine seems to have really come through. And it sounds like the Saturn return was really like challenging. They had, to, especially Saturn to the luminaries always sucks. But um, yeah, it was, it's like yeah. they have all these tools to get it done. Yeah, let me read those yeah. really quickly because it's good at showing the sequence. Um, they say, in January of 2020, I returned to Australia from Europe after completing a master's degree. And I think that's interesting because it's also really in the fourth house of living situation, um, driven by a desire to address the biodiversity and climate crisis. By March, 2020, I began volunteering for cons conservation groups. In early 2021, I started drafting a proposal to the state government for a funded charity supporting conservation volunteer groups in national parks. The pivotal meeting with the government representatives took place just after Saturn exactly conjoined my son on December 21st, 2021. Afterwards, secured, securing funding became a real possibility, but significant work remained, such as establishing a board and registrations. On my first Saturn return pass on March 9th, 2022, I met a retired professional who became our chari charity secretary. My se second Saturn return pass was within 36 hours of my second and final meeting with the government regarding charity funding, September 16th, 2022. Finally, the funding was approved on November 15th, 2022, nearly a year after the initial government meeting. My dedication throughout the Saturn return year was marked by extensive voluntary efforts that changed by that challenged by determination on the day of my final Saturn return pass November 29th 2022 I was appointed as chief executive officer of the charity oh, isn't yeah. that an amazing story that's yes. incredible and isn't Saturn also connected to just like land stewardship and land administration and just the land in general especially like wetlands um, yeah, Valens actually says that that Saturn's associated with the soil, um, and he also associates it with like farmers, which has long been an association with Saturn. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then the fourth house connection to land, mm -hmm. um, especially. I feel like those right. that Capricorn fourth house connection yeah. with like environmentalism is so loud. Yeah, well, and, and also that that 
that Uranus, she has the exact Uranus Neptune conjunction um, at 19 degrees of Capricorn in the fourth house. And that was one we saw during the Saturn returns in Capricorn, the people that had Saturn, Neptune, and Uranus conjunct, there was like a very idealistic um, tint to uh, their Saturn return stories and, and trying to do things in order to sort of bring about a better world through their higher ideals and, and innovation. And then we can kind of see a continuation of that here. Yeah, definitely. Wow. Yeah. You did the damn thing. That's so Saturnian. It is like what a success story, like being able to get that big of a sum of money from the government. I also like that part of it was like challenging her determination in this whole process. It's just like extreme. It's simple, but it's extremely Saturnian. Like, it's so, well, I, like doubled up. Yeah, exactly. It's just and, and that's the thing about like these domicile Saturn returns is they're often like they can be so incredibly straightforward. It's just like very cut and dried. It's like, will you stick to it or will you not? Can you commit or or will you not? Um, mm -hmm. So I love seeing a success story that, that turned out that well with it. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. So zooming through some other examples, a listener named Leo had Saturn in the 12th house by night and dealt with themes of isolation and mental health, but also ultimately growth. Um. So I'm trying to figure out how to summarize this one or what parts to summarize, but part of the ending, the last, I'll read the last three paragraphs where he says, and actually let me read, share the chart. Okay. So here is Leo's chart, Pisces rising, Saturn and Aquarius in the 12th. Um, I'll read the last four paragraphs. Early in 2020, I was in Los Angeles doing side work as a DJ, a photographer, and driving for Uber. I had just gotten fired from a crappy job that I hated. I was struggling financially and depressed, and things at that point had felt very hopeless for a long time. I got a job offer in Seattle that I had impulsively decided to apply for, so I packed my one bag full of clothes and I left all my friends and family and my whole social life behind, which really hurt. My start day in Seattle was March 2nd, 2020, so it was just a couple weeks before the COVID-19 lockdowns and before Saturn officially went into Aquarius. So there I was, alone, trying to get settled in a new city where I didn't know anyone, and I get forced to stay inside my little apartment confronting my own thoughts, all of which are 12th house themes, isolation and mental health. I know everyone was isolated at this point, but I was already dealing with being so far away from everything I knew, and COVID only added to the heaviness of the situation. There were other smaller Saturn return details I noticed as well, such as getting used to how cold, dark, and rainy it was in Seattle compared to Southern California. Saturn's presence was definitely felt. During this time, however, I didn't lose my job, and I am still employed with them to this day. Also, there were other important transits that happened for me, such as Saturn square sun, um, Uranus conjunct sun in late 21, Jupiter made a trend from Venus. That trine from Jupiter is when I started dating my current girlfriend, who was also going through a Saturn return. So through all of that, as you can imagine, there were a lot of things that changed. My values changed. I found new ways of making a living. I did a lot of growing up. There was a lot of self-reflection and learning to take accountability. 
my partner and I began to work toward a new life that was more aligned to what we both truly value. I understand now that if I wouldn't have made the sacrifice to move away, my life would have gotten much worse in LA during COVID. But where I think he's from is from LA. Even if back then I wondered, why did I do this to myself? Before Saturn's transit into Aquarius, it was easy to assume the worst since I know the 12th house rules hospitals, mental institutions, and prison. The scenario that took place was literal, but also felt very metaphorical at the same time. I'm grateful that I can understand that the direction I was going was not where I was meant to go instead of feeling bitter. There were a lot of things that I thought I wanted to happen in my 20s that I'm glad they never did, and I didn't realize that until I learned to be honest with myself. So I, I thought that was to a great. This so much. Yeah, yeah, that's so you're you the that was part of what you were going through with your similar like Saturn 12th house um, return. Yeah, I I purposefully you know also had a lot of fears about you know, with the 12th house Saturn return, I was sure I was going to end up in the hospital. I don't know why I just like thought that was going to be it. So I decided, all right, I'm going to move across the country by myself and have that be my 12th house Saturn return. And, um, yeah, that it was very much a lot of, yeah, just like being by, I actually enjoyed a lot of it. I often am like, I want to go back to that time where I didn't have to leave my house. Right. But, um, but after a while, especially Saturn coming to square the sun, it was like, yeah, it got, it got tough. Um, yeah, that was, I related a lot to that one. Yeah, for sure. So that was good. Um, another listener named Aaron had Saturn in the seventh, and they brought up sobriety as one major theme amongst others. Um, they said, I know this isn't uncommon for a Saturn return, and, and yet another person, and yet I'm another person that experienced it. And while this journey didn't happen overnight, it's something I never saw coming and remains a Saturnian lesson. Um, being says addiction was always part of my story that through immediate family members and all of my romantic partners it's always been a through line in my life though ironically i never realized it was a personal problem until my saturn return i attribute that to the opposition aspect and how i had projected these problems onto others rather than witnessing them equally my own I made the decision to get sober in June of 2021 after a few months of back and forth and started my official sobriety date on November 5th, 2021. This was by far the most unexpected change of this period and the most transformational. I think it's a beautiful reflection of my son in the 12th house maturing with Saturn's influence rather than continuing to be swept away and or distracted by the addicts around me. Amazing. Yeah. That's perfect. That, that was really good. Um, okay. So let's see, one, two, three, four, there's four, actually there's several more. Um, so it's four o'clock. So I know we need to wrap up soon. How much more time do you have Kira to wrap up or where should we? Well, I can things? do another like 10, 15. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever, okay. whatever we need. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Let me uh, just quickly then mention just a few others from my summaries. Um, and then we'll have some concluding remarks. 
So um, a listener named Brandon had Saturn in the second, ruling the first in a day chart. Um, major themes were full-time entrepreneurship, financial um, sort of uh, accomplishments, and becoming a caretaker for his mother when it hit his moon, which was also in Aquarius. Um, so that was a really good one uh, with the second house themes. Another listener named Luke wrote in with Saturn in the seventh house, the night chart, and suffered the loss of a child with his partner um, during while the pandemic was happening, sort of in the in the middle of all of that. So it was um, a really challenging time of of loss. Um, another listener named Martha had Saturn in the sixth house ruling the fifth, and this was her second Saturn return. And there were interesting themes where in her, she says, I'm a doctor, and in her first Saturn return, um, she moved in order to start a fellowship in hematology slash oncology at a large academic medical center. During that time, she also had her first baby, bought her first and bought her first house. So that was 30 years ago during her first Saturn return. During her second Saturn return, she says she stepped down as chair of hematology. She cut down to half time in her work as a doctor so she could enroll in uh, Kepler College to study astrology in school. Three, she began building a new house in Colorado and four began preparing to start her own business as an astrologer, which she sees as like her new baby in some sense. Awesome. Um, she, she concludes by saying, when I retire from medicine later this year, I'm planning to move to Colorado and open my own business that will combine astrology with shamanism and Reiki. Although I kicked around these ideas for a few years, I gained clarity about my goals and timeline after an astrological consultation with Lisa, Lisa Scheim in early 2021. I'm grateful to her and look forward to joining your profession for my second act. So I thought that was awesome because we've talked a lot about first Saturn returns, which is usually treated as like the more important one, but um, second Saturn returns can be very important as well. And it can be interesting at the second Saturn return to look back and see how the themes are connected or not connected as the closing of one cycle and the beginning of another with what happened at the first Saturn return. Yeah, it's so cool. I saw it with my mom too. And like starting her own business, we both started our own businesses during our Saturn return. Um, and yeah, it's, it's so cool. I love seeing second Saturn return stories. Yeah. Same. This one's cool. so perfect. It's the perfect illustration of like the start of a cycle at the first Saturn return and like the closing of that one and the start of another one at the second Saturn return. Like literally going to that fellowship in hematology and then um, stepping down as chair of hematology for the second Saturn return. Like it's yeah, just it's 10 perfect. out of 10. Yeah. Totally. And here's the chart itself <clears throat> with Virgo rising and Saturn and Aquarius in the sixth and a day chart and Jupiter and the lot of fortune in the south node are also in Aquarius in the sixth. So that's pretty cool. Um, another listener... Um, named Sabine, had Saturn in the ninth and had international moves. And her life as a traveling musician ended abruptly um, due to COVID, um, but it ended up being 
uh, sort of positive transformation ultimately. Um, all right, another listener named Kelsey, Saturn in the ninth house, conjunct the midheaven, was laid off, became an astrologer, sold their home and moved into a bus to live and travel as nomads with her partner. Sick. That's pretty amazing. That's so perfect. So perfect. Um, here's the chart for that one with Saturn conjunct the degree of the midheaven at 24 Aquarius. So again, you get both the the uh, ninth house and the tenth house themes. Right. Um, Shelby, Saturn in the eighth house, is a farmer, um, dealt with issues surrounding death, inheritance, um, and actually a number of other themes. Um, a listener named Marissa had Saturn in the third house and had a bunch of different things, but one of the things I wrote down was um, experienced the death of an aunt right when the Saturn return began. Um, the third house represents like extended relatives and family, and sometimes that can come up with the third house. Um, another listener named Vanessa had Saturn in the second and had some interesting financial thoughts. Faced fears about money, took responsibility for investments I had inherited, had basically no income during this period being in school, which was stressful reinvented her career plan and embarked on two expensive educational programs, both of which roughly coincided with the transit. Um, yeah, and that actually was the last submitted one. So there was a number of others that I wasn't able to get together, but I think that does a pretty good job of covering a bunch of the houses. Obviously, there's like a clustering on like certain ones where if I looked harder, we probably could have made a bigger distribution, but I think it gives you a pretty good idea of some of the themes that can be encountered during the Saturn return during this time and gives you some idea of the scope of just how different people experience the Saturn return in ways that are similar and universal and other ways that are, are very specific and very particular, but often end up matching the chart nonetheless. Yeah. All right. Um, any final thoughts on Saturn in Aquarius? Um, just that I think we, I know this is going to sound ridiculous, <laughs> but I feel like we had it relatively easy <laughs> compared to, okay. So I just feel like people who have Saturn conjunct like another planet natally or an outer, especially, I feel like their Saturn returns were so much more difficult. Like maybe they weren't, maybe it's cause I was just younger and watching them. Um, but I feel like the Saturn Neptune conjunctions, like the Saturn Uranus, like that just the Saturn Pluto, having Saturn Pluto as your Saturn return, like the Saturn and caps that just seems so hard. And I felt like having, we just really had to deal with Uranus essentially. Um, and so, yeah, I'm just like, I don't know. I don't know why I wanted to say that, but <laughs> I, I did. And I guess just trying to, I'm always trying to bright side it all just from being, um, I guess, Jupiterian, but overall, I guess I'll just say people who are like going through your Saturn return now, or even the ones 
who are looking at it coming, um, don't do what I did. And I'm sure a lot of people do, which is like, worry about it for seven years. Because <laughs> right. I certainly did that. Um, you know, you're going to catastrophize everything in your brain and it's there's no use doing that. But um, just know that it is a really incredible experience and it's a process. Like a lot of people think that they're going to tackle their Saturn return and they're going to do it the right way or they're doing Saturn so good up to now. So Saturn's going to, it's going to be fine. And I certainly had certain mindsets like that. Um, but it humbles the hell out of you. It just, it Saturn sits you down and slows you down and shuts you up and you just have to trust that it's what you need. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you're saying some of these things too. Cause, um, I also definitely worried about mine for seven years. Like the moment I knew what a Saturn return was, I looked at mine and I was like, I am in such big trouble and I just dreaded it and dreaded it. But like, I feel like so many things we saw in the example charts and just like my own experience is like Saturn will force you to get really, really honest with yourself and so like if there's one way to pre like prepare for a Saturn return is like start practicing that. And like there's always going to be stuff you can't really anticipate with a transit like this. Um, but being really honest with yourself is a start because like Saturn will force you to when it comes down to it. But then you'll also have like invaluable skills you learned through experience from having to go through those things. And like, I genuinely feel like, I don't know if it was because our Saturn return was like relatively easier because <laughs> we didn't have like an outer involved as heavily as some other ones, but, um, it's, I won't say it was like a 10 out of 10 experience. Cause like the first part of it for me was like really devastating and really jarring, but the remainder of it, like I would say the second two thirds of my Saturn return overall I feel so much more grounded as a human being than I did before. And like, honestly, really grateful. Um, and yeah, it's, it's one of those things where it's like deepened my relationship with Saturn in a way that's totally irreplaceable, including all of the really hard stuff that happened. So, uh, again, for all the people anticipating or going through their Saturn return right now, um, just some thoughts for them. For sure. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I think I do want to say, I think both of you having Saturn so early in the sign, like you didn't necessarily get the Saturn square Pluto that some of the later people did that have Saturn around mid to late in the sign where it was a little bit more intense in some of those That's stories. True. Or even um, something I think that Kira just mentioned, the Saturn Uranus square created some tensions with people because transiting Uranus was going through Taurus. So there were some people that were getting hit by that at the same time of having Uranus square their natal Saturn, and that created some complications or some unexpected disruptions for some people that was kind of unique. Um, so all of those things are really important, but it's good that you're bringing up the point that, you know, as astrologers, knowing the extreme examples of how like a Saturn return can work out in the worst case scenarios, sometimes we can have a tendency to freak ourselves out. And I think it's really important as astrologers to try to not do that because oftentimes when we actually get there to the transit and we start experiencing it, even if major things come up, um, sometimes there's still this, there can be this sense of relief of finally experiencing it knowing, 
okay, this is what it's going to be. Like, this is it. And mm -hmm. in most instances, it's like, I I'm going to survive this and I'm going to wake up tomorrow after it's over and there's going to be another day. Like my life may be different. Um, there may be some doors that were closed or some instances where my life has gotten darker in some ways. Um, but there's also going to be something about this that's going to push me in a new direction that I wouldn't have gone otherwise. And to the extent that that's helping me to follow and to find my my purpose and my fate and ultimately my destiny, um, sometimes you have to just follow that where it takes you. And uh, you know, sometimes you'll be surprised that later on there can be good things that come from that, even if you deal with great challenges or adversity or even loss at the time um, of the transit itself. So that was those great. Are... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was a really nice summation. <laughs> Thank yeah, you. Excellent. Well, it's just something I've been thinking about a lot lately in the philosophy of astrology and what we're doing here. And yeah, wanting to leave people with something good and with some hope. So speaking of hope, we were already like a year into Saturn in Pisces. And you know, my next time I do this, it's going to be reflecting on the Saturn returns in Pisces that have occurred um, during that two or three year period. So there's a few ones I'm already I'm already keeping my eye out for. Um, and I wanted to ask if there's any that you were looking at for Saturn returns in Pisces that, you know, usually in these we have certain celebrities that we pick out that we're going to pay attention to. So one that I'm curious about is Dua Lipa, who has Saturn in the 10th house in a night chart. And I'm really curious about this one because it just seems like she's just like killing it right now and is on top of the world. So I'm curious what Saturn in the 10th house as a transit ends up being for her in terms of her career and like um, how that ends up changing and what it looks like by the end of that transit compared to, you know, the early part of it over the past year that we've just started. Um, Justin Bieber is another one that I'm interested in how that's going for him because he has a whole Pisces stellium in the fifth house with Saturn there. And there was a notable thing recently where, you know, Usher performed at the Super Bowl. And I think the reports were that Justin Bieber was invited because they had a very important connection, the two of them. And one of their biggest hits was together, but Bieber didn't end up um, performing with him. And there's been speculation about him and his wife have been having major health issues over the past few years and whether it's related to um, COVID or long COVID and, and different things related to that or not. So I'm really curious how his Saturn return will go over the next couple of years, because I know sometimes part of Saturn can be like pulling back and recognizing your limitations and not being able to do as much as you did before. Um, Tracy Chapman was another really interesting one that just happened who has Saturn at zero degrees of Pisces. And um, there was a whole thing with um, somebody doing a cover of one of her songs that became really popular over the past year. Um, but then they ended up getting together and like doing a duet at the Grammys just recently in the past few weeks when Saturn was very close to her exact Saturn return. And it was interesting having this sort of like revival of her music and, and recognition of her music from back like 30 years ago, the last time Saturn was in Pisces. Um, so there's a lot of interesting celebrity stories that I'm keeping my eye on and, and that we'll talk about. Are there any celebrities that the two of you are, are keeping an eye on that have Saturn in Pisces? Um, Meg the Stallion for me, she's had such a huge, just even Saturn Aquarius, which she is an Aquarius sun. Um, but I'm very curious to see, cause there was, yeah, she is having a huge moment right now with the songs she released. And, um, 
it's kind of similar to like the <laughs> the MGK um uh Eminem thing, but different with Nicki Minaj oh, right. and Meg the Stallion. True. Um That's so and true. I mean not the same, but similar in terms of uh someone newer and someone you know older on the scene beefing. Um but essentially it seems like Nicki Minaj's uh attention that she put on Meg and her new song is like part of the reason why Meg's song is doing so well. Obviously Meg's song is also great, but it brought so much attention to it. Um and so yeah I'm very curious to see she just also had like a record um or a landmark deal with her record label where she's able to maintain all her publishing rights and all her distribution rights and all of that. Um, she still owns her, her, what are they called? Masters. Um, so that's a landmark um, deal that just happened. So yeah, I'm really excited to see what the rest of her Saturn return is going to bring. Cause she's been through so much um, and things are starting to look kind of good for her. Yeah, for sure. That'll be really great to see hers. Looks like she, I just checked Astro.com. She may have Taurus rising based on a social media report where she said she had Taurus rising. If that's mm -hmm. true, her Saturn's in the 11th. And that's actually even more interesting in terms of what's happening with her and like Nicki Minaj in terms of the 11th house having to do with friends and sometimes, you know, falling out with friends can be part of that. Yeah. And just like her fandom right now is growing. Like people are making like fan, fan page, like people are just treating her like this huge celebrity. I mean, what she is, but I think in response to what's been going on, it's like her fandom's grown a lot. So it's really interesting. For sure. Um, awesome. Cool. Uh, Joe, do you have any you're paying attention to you following the, the celebrity gossip culture? I feel like I don't know any other Saturn and Pisces celebrities other than the ones that have already been listed because I'm a little out of touch with celebrity stuff. Um, but yeah, all, all of those that you mentioned, Kira, like I have been like briefly in and out of my mind too, especially that beef with Nicki, Nicki Minaj and um, Meg Stallion. So we'll we'll see how that goes. Yeah. And the other thing we all watch also is just people in our personal life are like contemporaries and like how they're going through their sad return. And that's always probably even more illustrative than the celebrity examples. But um, yeah, so we'll we'll come back and we'll see those again in like two or three years. Um, in the meantime, both of you, what do you have going on? Um, let's see, Joe, what do you what do you got coming up? What do you got going on? You offer consultations? I do. Um, I offer consultations, just natal consultations and timing as usual, but my specialty is 12th house work. So I offer waymaking to the 12th house, which um, is available as a lecture on the 12th house and also a reading, which is really about bringing together traditional astrology and storytelling to kind of um, re-engage with the 12th house and all that it entails in your chart, um, using narrative work and storytelling as kind of like a buffer. Um, I also have just a plain old 12th house reading. If you just want to get into like all the ins and outs of your 12th house patterns, self-sabotage stuff, all those things and kind of how to navigate. Um, and I also just started a 12th house horoscope each month for, um, each rising sign going through their 12th house season. So, um, this would be, uh, 
Kira, I think you're you're finally you're done with your 12th house season as of today. Yeah. Um, so Aries rising would be next while the sun's in Pisces. So you can check that out once a month. Um, and yeah, I'm just I'm on Instagram as well. Uh, you can find me everywhere. Website, Instagram um, at Joe Maker of Ways. So. Awesome. And that's your, your website URL as well. Joe Maker of Ways. Mm -hmm. Just dot com. Yeah. Dot com. All right. Uh, Kira, what about you? Um, I'm, what am I doing too much once again? <laughs> um, I'm currently teaching, um, a course, a traditional astrology, like a fundamentals course, uh, called astrology that hits, which has been awesome. Um, and working on a book, which I'll talk about at some point, but the, uh, main thing I'm excited to talk about is the app that I'm working on called stars align. Um, it's not on here, but <laughs> we will be launching. Um, yeah, in May. Um, so yeah, there's not really much out there right now, but just keep an eye out. Oh, our socials, um, TikTok and Instagram. Um, yeah. Oh, don't show this. Don't show it. Okay. Oh, no. Kind of be helpful here. <laughs> I know. I would, no, don't show that. Right. Cause, cause we're, we're working on, we're working on the website. That's kind of old. Um, okay. but our social is where to follow on Instagram, especially I do a weekly like dating and social horoscope, um, or yeah, forecast used to say. So I tell you like the best days of the week to go out, what days to like definitely not have a first date, you know, things like that. Um, I care a lot about, you know, people having dates on good days. Um, but anyway, the app will be launching in a couple of months. It's, I created the algorithm, um, for matching people based on your astrology and I'm very excited about it. Um, but yeah, until then just follow me on the socials and I will start doing readings again in a couple months. Um, cause I miss it. And yeah. Good. Yeah. I think everybody that listens to this, especially with Saturn return coming up, I think getting a consultation with a good astrologer can be a great way to, you know, kind of get oriented for your Saturn return and see what they think some of the themes will be for you. And sometimes they can point out thing, things that you might not notice about your, your own chart. Um, so definitely people should go to each of your websites to get a consultation or find out more about that. Um, I'll put links to both of your websites in the description below this video on YouTube or on the podcast website in the entry for this episode. Um, but yeah, otherwise, I think that's it. Thank you both for joining me. Um, again, thank you and congratulations on completing your Saturn return. Thanks to all the listeners that that listened and submitted their stories. Um, I appreciate it. It was really cool seeing everyone's stories. And I'm looking forward to um, yeah, see, seeing how everybody grows and develops after this point, and then eventually we'll check in again in a few years to see how the Saturn and Pisces people are doing. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me, having yeah. us. Thanks, Joe. It's great to see you as always. Yeah, great to see you too. Thank you for having us, Chris. This was super fun. Of course. All right. Thanks everyone for watching or listening to this episode of the Astrology Podcast, and we'll see you again next time. Shout out to our sponsor for this episode, which is the Chani app, the number one astrology app for self-discovery, mindfulness, and healing. You can download it on the Apple App Store or on Google Play, or for more information, visit app.chani.com. Special thanks to all the patrons that helped to support the production of this episode of the podcast through our page on patreon.com. 
In particular, shout out to the patrons on our producers tier, including patrons Christy Moe, Ariana Amour, Mandy Ray, Angelique Nambo, Issa Sabah, Jake Otero, Jeannie Marie Kaplan, Melissa Delano, and Sunny Bozbaz. If you're looking for a reliable astrologer to get an astrological consultation with, then we have a new list of astrologers on the podcast website that we recommend for readings. Most of the astrologers specialize in birth chart readings, although some also offer synastry, rectification, electional astrology, horary questions, and more. Find out more information at theastrologypodcast.com slash consultations. The astrology software that we use and recommend here on the podcast is called Solar Fire for Windows, which is available for the PC at alabe.com. Use the promo code AP15 to get a 15% discount. For Mac users, we recommend a software program called Astro Gold for Mac OS, which is from the creators of Solar Fire for PC, and it includes both modern and traditional techniques. You can find out more information at astrogold.io, and you can use the promo code ASTROPODCAST15 to get a 15% discount. If you'd like to learn more about my approach to astrology, then I'd recommend checking out my book titled Hellenistic Astrology, The Study of Fate and Fortune, where I go over the history, philosophy, and techniques of ancient astrology, taking people from beginner up through intermediate and advanced techniques for reading birth charts. If you're really looking to expand your studies of astrology, then I would recommend my Hellenistic Astrology course, which is an online course on ancient astrology where I take people through basic concepts up through intermediate and advanced techniques for reading birth charts. There's over 100 hours of video lectures as well as guided readings of ancient texts, and by the time you finish the course, you will have a strong foundation in how to read birth charts as well as make predictions. You can find out more information at courses.theastrologyschool.com. And finally, thanks to our sponsors, including The Mountain Astrologer magazine, which is a quarterly astrology magazine, which you can read in print or online at mountainastrologer.com. And the Northwest Astrological Conference, which is happening both in person and online, May 23rd through the 27th, 2024. You can find out more information at norwac.net.